0: Welcome to Legends of Grayskull, the Masters of the Universe podcast that dives deep into the lore of Eternia, Etheria, and more. Join your hosts, Matthew Duch and Sean Skavarna as they discuss the most powerful stories the universe has to offer. News, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Grayskull. Skull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternity, Etheria, Norder, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK, mini-comics, comics, annuals, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down there in the corner. I'm Matthew Duch, here as always with Sean Skavarna,
1: Sean, how are we doing today? i'm all right this week has been nuts it has this has been it, it, I, I was i was just saying just before we start recording this has been the most insane week uh between my daughter turning nine happy between birthday. yeah ha- happy birthday to my daughter evan she turned nine on the 18th that was really cool and let's see, we had the Snyder cut of the Justice League movie hit the same day as her birthday, so I was trying to squeeze that in to see whether or not I was going to rant and rave or go, oh wow, that actually was needed. Oh, you watched And it? then I, I I, somehow did on her birthday, between <laughs> the, the way they spaced it with the parts in that movie, um, I, I like did part one, and then... I did something else and then part two, I came back. And then by the end of the night, I, I finished it probably close to midnight that night. Um, so and then, uh, real quick here. Yeah. Uh, interrupt
0: your flow, but uh, cause I've heard people talk about this parts, but then I've also heard people say, no, it's just like the full movie. So is it set up where like you can click on like, Oh, I'm just going to
1: watch part one now. Or is it the whole movie? They, like when I watched it on the app, uh right. so granted i didn't watch it in the way anything was intended but in the app they have little markers when you check what time it is and it'll be like a y- little yellow marker to let you know okay part 1 is here part 2 is here i didn't do anything to fast forward i just watched it straight through but okay i'd imagine you know it's pretty easy to line it up to where the marker was at least on the app and you can get into part 2 part 3 Gotcha. Um I didn't, I just six... didn't know. so
0: they're just the standard play option still when you click yeah. it up, it's
1: okay. Yeah, but uh but it's six parts plus epilogue. So oh, six uh, parts. Wow. Six parts plus an epilogue. And uh and I was I was actually for me being who I am about uh the DC movies with the exception of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I'll just leave that there. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but uh, yeah, I've heard
0: more positive than negative, and I've I've stayed spoiler free, so maybe the negative stuff is all hiding in the spoiler-filled reviews. But everything I've read, where just like people's general feelings, has been positive, at least comparatively to
1: the, yeah the, the theatrical release. So oh, I, it, it, it's it's day day and night, uh, and that's one thing I will say, and Uh, that's what really shocked me because there's even moments in the movie where if you watch the theatrical, you might go, I bet that was Joss Whedon. Yeah. And then you watch this and you're like, oh, that was a Snyder moment. That's actually funny. There's humor. He he isn't nihilistic in this moment. This (laughs) is amazing. So, you know, it, it really did shock me on that level. Um, and, and I, I got to admit, you know, out of anything that, that Snyder has offered as a DC offering to this point in his his trilogy now of, of the movies he's done, it is the best and strongest offering. From him. Um, so from, from Snyder, I still feel that uh, Shazam and Wonder Woman for me are more palatable of things I want to go back and rewatch more than just once. Right. But Justice League, I'm like, wow. This actually made me happy that I kept uh, HBO Max until now. (laughs) To actually check that out. So there was that. Catching up on Superman and the One last question. Yeah.
0: So, theatrical Justice League came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you want to see a sequel to it? Or were you like, I'm good with this franchise ending here?
1: I... I was good when the theatrical came out, I was good with saying, okay, this is the end of Snyder doing his thing with these characters. At least that was my hope. And And, you know where I'm going now that this
0: cut has come out. (laughs) Do you want to see this kind of universe continue?
1: I still don't need the universe to continue. That's my personal thing. I felt the characters were handled in a way where they felt not alien to me. But my biggest problem still is I'm not a huge fan of Snyder's take on everything. Right. And, and I, I think if I have to say anything negative, because you're saying you didn't hear many negative things, from my personal opinion, uh, what hinders the movie isn't so much what's in the movie, it's what came before the movie. Right. Because you had Man of Steel, you had Batman v Superman, two movies of which I felt never captured either of the name, marquee names of those movies properly. And so you're starting off Justice League with the idea Superman's gone, Hope is gone, but where have we seen that in either of the movies leading up to this right. movie? So it's like a, it's almost like you're going into this movie with this idea of what the character should have been, but never was shown what it well, that- was supposed to be
0: i completely agree they were always leaning on our knowledge of the dc
1: universe. yes exactly and going, and I well,
0: I'm, I'm invested in superman because i follow, i, I watched the animated series i've read some comics you know i know superman yeah. so that's why his death impacts me and that's why they've never gotten the mainstream praise because mm-hmm. to the to the to the I mean, it's probably smaller than it used to be, but probably 75% of the population does not follow comics, has never followed comics, you know. Yep. And so what Marvel did was brilliant by building up and starting with C tier characters. Yep. And yes, regards what you say now, Iron Man was at least, at best, a C tier superhero.
1: At, least. Marvel,
0: at <laughs> least, I think I'm still being generous yeah. there.
1: Yes, yes. Um, Especially then, Civil War was happening in the comic books, right. and so it was Team Cap or Team Iron Man, and everybody hated Iron Man at that point too. So, saying you're <laughs> right. releasing a movie with that name character, who talk about a gamble back in that that time. But so. that's who they built up.
0: They built mm-hmm. up the unknowns, and yes, exactly. You know, you know, they built up Iron Man. They built up Thor they built up Hulk even, and then they brought them together. And then later, and then, but what they did later was brilliant too, because then once they, and I know a part of it was rights and we probably would have seen more earlier, but Spider-Man, when he was brought Mm -hmm. into the universe, they just dropped him in there because they knew now Spider-Man, he's had, you know, five movies before that in a different universe, but they knew at that point, okay, he is one where we can just drop him in there, everybody will accept it and go with it because he's been around long enough, he's been popular. He is an A-tier Marvel character, always has been, always will be. Um, And so, but that's what DC has always failed to do. Like, you don't introduce Flash in Justice League. Flash needs mm-hmm. his own movie. You know, you don't kill Superman in his second outing. You know, that's yeah. like the end of a trilogy that makes us care about him, you know? Yeah. So...
1: And, and along the way, show, don't tell why right. this character matters. Because mm-hmm. it, for me, Man of Steel did not even remotely come close to showing this is the impact this person is. It showed this is the real world effect of a character like this. But that's not why you go to a Superman movie. No. And so you go into Batman v Superman and I I actually thought that they had a good leg to stand on to go, okay, here's a reason that Batman and Superman would come to blows because Batman has like a xenophobic aspect to yep. him now, watching what happened to Metropolis and watching what happened to his business and Metropolis, the building, the people, right. and everything else. But it just went down these weird alleyways to get to the whole point of what actually was the this is the, 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 the main event, the main fight, you know, yeah. Superman versus Batman. And when you get to that point, it's so weird of a reason that these guys finally come to a head. It's not just, well, Superman, he was a part in the wreckage of Metropolis. And, and, and any kind of like, a, you know, oh, Superman's trying to do right in that yeah. movie To to show, hey, I'm here to help. I'm here as a friend. I'm trying to inspire hope, trying to inspire people to do the right thing. And it's like, no, there was none of that. It was mostly, he is King Kong, and uh, Lois Lane is Fay Ray all the time. And it drove me nuts. Like, that is not how you work that character. He's supposed to feel more human, and they made him feel more alien Doing crap like that, yep. so you know, you go, you start off Justice League, and it's like, oh, everybody's mourning Superman. If you, if you want to see it, a monument to the man, look around you, and all this, I'm right. like, no, that was never shown anywhere. Exactly. No. So,
0: yep. it, it, it but, was never earned. He never. Was got never past earned was his his destructive phase. It, he never it, became,
1: exactly.
0: He, like, you know, it, it, I can't remember if it happened or not, but you know, <clears throat> excuse me. One of my favorite parts of Justice League, the cartoon growing up, you know, because that, that's really, you know, I've read some comics, but mine was really the animated series, the Timverse. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And, and, but I think it gets the point across. Um, and I feel like I know these characters from that. And one of my favorite was Batman would always give Superman shit and be like, you know, calling him Boy Scout and this and that. And yeah. and that and it always highlighted the differences between the two of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like and there's and there's no place in that Justice League the theatrical release that I've seen like where Batman could turn to him and make fun of him for being a Boy Scout because he never was. And it's like right mm-hmm. there that's a fundamental flaw, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, like. Uh they they have like there are some really nice moments in the movie that I, like the one of the best things of man of steel hands down for me is the the score the hans yeah. zimmer score of that movie like if you want to talk about an insurmountable task say come up with a new superman theme song don't mm-hmm. copy john williams and go Right. And that movie <laughs> Hans Zimmer did what Superman in that movie couldn't. He actually blew the roof off the joint for me because his new theme I thought worked amazingly, but they have that little piano moment in the in the movie whenever there's a flashback they have that doo 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 do kind of piano uh, whatever the the term is for that but the little piano bits mm-hmm. and it, when it when it's like the quieter moments And they play that in this movie when they want to show you moments after he gets, you know, because obviously he's going to come back in this movie. He came back in the theatrical. It's not like they're changing that. Right. Um, And they have those little moments again to reference any time they're going to Clark or going to Lois and she's remembering him. And I. I got offended every time I heard that, not because I don't like the music, but because I'm like, you're trying to pull emotion out of something that never was made proper, and it makes me mourn the fact that two movies leading up to this never got the job done, and you're making me wish that Henry Cavill was actually in good movies because he would be a really good Superman, in my opinion. Absolutely. So that's just, I'll leave it at that. We'll get um, get more in-depth once I have a chance to see it. So. Sure, and, and I'd actually enjoy talking about that. But, but I mean, overall, I'd say, yes, Leaps and Bounds better than the theatrical, and I actually would watch it again, and it's four hours. Wow. So that's saying something. There you go. So, um, yeah, caught up on Superman and Lois. That made me happy, because that is Superman done yes. right for me at this point. I'm still, very, 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 very good show. I'm still um, an episode man, behind, I think.
0: I finished episode. I just caught three. up
1: yesterday. I think
0: there's yeah, four. I
1: I just caught up yesterday, so I know, and, and I'm starting to get anxiety. There's too much stuff coming out that I like, and I'm trying to keep up with it before social media <laughs> ruins it. Yes, and it's like uh, I managed to get a uh, Winter Soldier or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and okay, then okay. getting uh, well, we I'm not talking about that other than I got to see yep. it, but getting on task of what we are about here on Legends of Grey Skull. <laughs> something cool happened to me this week. And it was actually in reference to our last episode. Um, we, we had a friend of the show, Matthew Rodriguez, on. We talked about any B-plot from the 87 movie that would have expanded the attorney side of things right. versus the Earth side. And Check out episode early uh, in the, 58. and uh, 58, yeah. yep. Earlier in the week, uh, there was somebody on Facebook... And they were selling something, and I go, oh, yeah, I got to do this. I missed out, and I finally got this. Here he is. There Old we Dolph. go. I finally got him in my collection, Re- but not, not only doll. Re- Re- Rebel Re- Leader
0: He-Man for our audio listeners. Rebel Leader
1: He-Man. And he got and there Dark is-
0: Despot Skeletor, which are obviously I got no both of movie versions
1: made by Super 7
0: of the classics figures. Very nice, yep. Very very nice. yeah
1: i'm i I have been in a very like basically leading up to that episode uh, episode fifty eight I was already yeah. in a man eighty seven movie, and I, I'm getting back into that mindset, and then there was somebody that was selling them he he wanted it individually. They were less money than anything I've seen anywhere right, right now because the, these guys a piece were going for about a hundred or more anywhere I was looking yeah and I managed to get them for a lot less than one of them yep uh, it goes for and that just made me so happy to finally get them in the collection
0: and those those are two so. figures I have I have them and I have the god Skeletor and like I did not get into the filmation. Classics line because I felt it didn't match well with the look of yes of the yeah. regular Classics line. It was too simplified. Yeah. Those figures are to the other extreme. I mean, they are yeah. the characters off the big screen. You know, the, mm-hmm. they look live action. They don't look in the Classics aesthetic. But those sure. ones I still had to have, which is, <laughs> and I, I'm not sure why. I, there's something about the filmation line on top of it not fitting in with the classics. It still doesn't look quite right to me for some reason, especially that He Man. Like it's it, there's something uh-huh. just a little like filmation's designs don't translate well to action figures to me. Uh-huh. But those movie figures translate perfectly, and so it's like I have to have them. It's like yes, maybe I'll probably never set them up. You know, once I get the space to display my whole collection, I'll probably never set them up necessarily with the classics. But they're, they're perfect representations of what that movie was. And, and they will go even by themselves. Um, I was hoping they would release another wave. Um, what, what would you want from another wave of William Stout collection from Super 7?
1: Uh, I mean, right off the bat, first ones would uh, easily be uh, Teela and Man at Arms and Evil Lynn and probably Beast Man. Okay, so you just um, you, just to, you're like round just, just, out just get out those hunters. heavy hitters. Yeah, give me the heavy hitters. I don't even need Sorceress, honestly. I, I and yeah. I, granted, like it would be cool to get a Sorceress just because right. she's a different aesthetic than the typical one. Um, I, I would, I would say, have almost loved it if they would have done a two pack of the Sorceress and Lubick, Lubick though, Lubick, that would have been great. <laughs> Lubick. Yeah. <laughs> Lubik is my top one. If uh-huh. they
0: did another wave, they need to do
1: Lubik. um, Lubick with a shotgun. I, well,
0: oh yes, the shotgun had
1: the, had the ropes, <laughs> had
0: the robes to put on over him. You know, okay, from the, from just, the end,
1: so, end of the movie. Yeah, you could do. You could swap it out. Yeah, swap. You could be detective and then swap on the room. Right. I think the
0: ropes could go over pretty easily. I mean, you probably. Have, I'm trying to think of the design. I mean, you might have to cheat the design a little bit, but I think it'd be worth it just to make like a one piece. Because I'd have in the detective Lubick most of the time, honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and uh, his accessory is a blonde. <laughs> You have the blob ah, I got a pretty girl, huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like they did with Orco and Adam. For share, I got a castle. No, huh? Ollie, he, he, honestly, he just needs
0: he just needs a shotgun. Like, and, and I think I think because I mean, looking at the shared parts, like there's only so much Lubick could share. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> I mean you could dress it up
0: and everything, but there's only so much you could share. So I, I would be fine with just getting a shotgun. You know, like minimal mm-hmm. accessories and just to get the Lubick. Um Beyond, beyond Lubick, um, I would say throw in uh, the Trooper, you know, and that could be the, the Skeletor Shock Troopers. Um, sure. Evil Lynn, and I'd have to say Man-at-Arms. That, that would be my mm-hmm. second wave. Um, and if they were going to do a two-pack, I don't know how you missed it, it'd have to be Kevin and Julie.
1: Well, the way I look at that is those two are probably the ones that would not be the most interesting for the fans other than the hardcore fans. So that's why you do do a two-pack San Diego exclusive? Yeah, Mm -hmm. San Diego Comic-Con two-pack and just, you know, leave all enough alone. Because it's funny, watching the movie leading up to the last episode, uh, my daughter and I were talking about it, watching it, and... She actually said that the movie version is the Tila that she likes the most. Really? She actually likes the look of that version a lot more than the traditional version, which kind of shocked me. She, she is but, only
0: nine, so, you
1: know. <laughs> well, I, I figure the way that she probably sees it is she's a little more gymnastics looking yeah. in that versus, you know, the, the other one. It's more like, you know, a, a warrior swimsuit yeah. version, I guess, or whatever. So, but... Yeah. I mean, like just looking at this, I had Gwildor at one point and I ended up trading him. And I kind of wish I didn't now that I got these because I traded Gwildor going, I'm never going to get these guys. Right. I'm not worrying about it. You know? And exactly. Your thought, this is why we get along. Uh, (laughs) Your thought on the classics, like that was part of why I I could give Gwildor away. I was like, well, he, his aesthetic is a lot more detailed. It's, you know, heavily detailed, and I love that they made him look as you know Billy Barty as possible. Oh yeah, same thing. But then I, you know, when you look at the rest of that shelf, it's like, oh my god! But now I'm like, man, I want yeah. Goldor again. I w- I would love to get Sarad. I'd love to get Blade. I'd love to get Karg. Actually, is low on the list for me. Like had, he's yeah. not a you know. I had Karg but... and I
0: let him go. Same. I just Yeah, he. I might Blade is tempting. Blade is really mm-hmm. tempting. Saurad, not as much, but yeah, probably higher than Karg.
1: Mm-hmm. I, See, I'm the opposite. Saurad is probably the more, like, he's visually distinctive. And then Blade, it's like, Blade, uh, if I got Saurad, yeah. I'd end up jumping at Blade then, too. Well, oh,
0: Blade's the character. Anthony Delongis. He, he killed that character. I just, yeah, I love yeah. all the story potential with Blade, just from what he put into that character in the movie. Um mm-hmm. he was the one villain besides Skeletor and Evil Lynn where it's like, yeah, this guy's like he's really got it out for him. Like he is Yeah. He he is he's you know, and Blade, I think uh, I know we're tanging a lot today, folks, but st- stick with us.
1: <laughs>
0: well, you know how Triclops started out in the early mini comics as kind of that bounty hunter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um he was supposed to be more no side, like a, like a, a, a sword for hire. Yeah. I, and I've never really cared for that, tri- that Triclops, uh, probably cause I didn't know about it till later in life, whatever. But I think that origin works really well for blade. And basically like, I could see him being that guy, like that for hire scoundrel, but whatever happened with him and he man, is what pushed him, like, fully to Skeletor's side, where now he's like, you know, I'm with Skeletor just so I can see you go down, and then I'll figure out what I'm doing after that. But, because mm-hmm. he, he is one where it just, that whole movie, it's just like, he's all about He-Man. You know, Evelyn's yeah. trying to figure out how to overthrow Skeletor and take, you know, take Grayskull eventually. You know, Beast Man and, and Karganer, they're serving Skeletor. Blade just seems like, I want that guy. I want to cut him. I want to take his sword and, you know, I want to make him pay for what he did to me. You know, it's so personal between the two of them.
1: I I actually, uh, I feel like now that I'm older, that he really is the best stand in ever live action for Tricops no matter what. And, you know, all they had to do was just put a visor Mm -hmm. on him and I would have been like sold. Like yeah. You don't really need to do a whole much, a lot more heavy lifting than just get that visor on him. He didn't even have to be green. And I know that's probably a sin to some people for me to say, right. but like they changed looks enough in that movie that just put the visor on him and I'm good to go, right. you know? And um, so in that way, yeah. And I agree. He's, he's basically like, he has more personality than Karg. Oh yeah. And Karg is supposed to be like right there under evil in and, Karg's just like, yeah, he's just running away from everything, and oh, he's got a dog, you know, and all that stuff. It's like, eh, he should have been the one that got fried instead of Saurad. Yeah, it should have been Evil Lyn, Saurad, Beastman, and Blade to go back down to Earth instead of Karg because he served no purpose yeah. after that.
0: Point. I do, I do like his character too, um, and I like what they did in the in the classics bio where they they made him like the, uh, oh wait, like uh. uh He's like the master torture guy of master of, of torture, yeah, yeah. In Snake Mountain, and that works perfectly in the movie too, because like you said, whenever he's confronted with like a a a task, you know, like go after He Man, he start he runs away. He's like, oh no. But yeah, if yep. he can get somebody like on his table down in the Snake in dungeon, yeah, like he he's yeah. that slimy, sneaky little guy. Who's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like chain him up there, and now he's all this big bad, like oh, I'm gonna torture you, you know, and that that's. Mm-hmm. That's creepy and sadistic, and yeah. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that works, but the the way that he was in the movie for me, I'm like, right. I would have just rather had you know blade or try blade slash triclops. yeah. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> and you
0: know you know what though that goes back to what we talked about with Matt last week. like okay, mm-hmm. so that like you said, that backstory works for you for Karg. so why is he leading this team to earth? Hunt down He Man. Yep. It goes back to the, that. Could be the first sign there of Skeletor's forces are getting spread too thin. He doesn't have enough people to hold all the territory he has just you know overcome using the cosmic key. You know, basically, yep. basically he pulled the Horde move in Eternity War, except he did not have the troops that Hordak has. You know, and he mm-hmm. and he's feeling. It. I mean, that feeds right into it. You could even add a scene in there where it's like, he's like, you know, bring me Karg. He's leading a, a team, and Evil's like, Karg? Like, what are you, really? You know? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. You know, look at that. Look at all that subtlety weaved into the movie. You don't even have to, you don't have to break anything. You just have to supplement
1: it. Yeah, and, <sighs> uh, you know, for anybody who hates it, I... I I got to say, I feel sorry for you at this point. Like, I, I like that, uh, when I was a kid, I went into that one, and I'm like, I loved it. Because it was just, here's a different take on it. It didn't have to be Filmation with yep. live action. It was just, here's this adventure story. And yeah, it's He-Man. He might look a little different, but he's still He-Man in a lot of aspects. I wasn't complaining about that. So. Yeah.
0: The yeah. Skeletor, jeez. If you legitimately can't find something to like about that, I I question whether you've actually sat down and given it a, a legitimate shot. Like, really, mm-hmm. just clear your mind, sit down, watch it. You know, have a drink or two mm-hmm. food, too, beforehand, and and just try watching it with open eyes, without thinking about, you know, what came before filmation or comics or anything. And I think you'll yeah. see... The similarities shine through if you give it a shot. Mm-hmm. That's my soapbox for today. <laughs> and I might have a couple more. I mean, we'll see where we go.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, all right. Sorry, I know we. I keep running off
1: on you. Where were we? Did you that was it. Did you finish up so, your week? How was your week? Was, how was your week? And now that I went through my week. <laughs> um. I, I gotta know. You posted
0: some pictures of your daughter utilizing your new tablet.
1: Mm-hmm. Did
0: she draw that Donatello or just color it in?
1: She colored it.
0: Either way is impressive. I'm just gonna say. I was looking at Yeah,
1: she <laughs> I was looking
0: at that Donatello and I'm like, man, that I don't think I could do that good. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> So
1: I, I came in, like, I basically, uh, it, yeah, that was the other thing. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, I think it was the day before her birthday. Um, we used some of the stimulus money and I finally gave in and I got myself, uh, um, a, uh, digital art tablet finally nice. after God knows how long. And, um, I've been tinkering with it at night here and there. And then I let my daughter play with it yesterday and she's like, uh, draw me this, and then I'll I'll color it. And I drew her a quick. Okay, here's Leonardo, here's Donatello, because Donatello's her guy. Yeah. And I helped her draw a picture of one of our cats, and she'd color it in and stuff like that. She she was in here literally two hours at least. Yeah, that's all she was doing. And all I did I just kept coming in. I'd see what she was doing, and I would walk out and come back. Uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, there's you know progress. Nice. Um, nice. See, yeah, I, I was enjoying the heck out of that. Both of my kids were were really getting into that yesterday. <laughs> I love it. So,
0: now, very, very nice work. Mm. She definitely takes after you. She's
1: gonna <laughs> in the talent department, and thankfully not in the looks <laughs> department.
0: <so. laughs> oh lord. Um. Yeah, my week's uh, nothing really new to
1: report. Just working. <laughs> I feel like I had just like the landslide this week yeah. for some reason. I barely ever have anything to talk about, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, there's, oh, there's, I got, I, I did get some drawings. I forgot about those because I never got a chance to open
0: them. <sighs> yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, just work went by really fast this week. The whole week did. We got. Uh, Like football starting up and baseball starting up, and it's just gonna be because the weekdays are just gonna be kids, kids, kids here.
1: Mm
0: Hmm. tabs, another side to open. I love how Richard does this. He does these nice little, like, he tapes the sides and then he makes nice little tabs so you can easily open them. (laughs) He is a professional. Richard Block, he's over on the Motu Evolution Group. Check him out if you want some cool, cool stuff. He's the same uh, guy. I got the Helios and uh, the Firecat from... And the, uh, the Rock guys
1: from... hmm sword.
0: And he just, he's got these amazing pieces. Like, pieces that you would figure are, uh are gone like these are mm-hmm. all his stuff is like key stuff not I mean the the random stuff's good too but this stuff is all uh, oh yes oh my god that's
1: bigger than I thought it would be that's what she said he's looking down at his lap <laughs> saying that <laughs> just for anybody that wants the clarification if you're only listening
0: alright <laughs> uh, <me> <clears throat> So, we got these really nice, uh, they're just drawings, but sometimes those are even cooler. So this is what they would, they would draw this, the characters and then they would animate them on the cells and then they put the cells on the background to film it. So, for, yeah, we'll start with this one. This is, this is the least cool of the bunch to me. And they're all cool, I got three of them. So, first off we've got, uh, I hope that's picking up nicely.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I got a glare on my side. How's it looking to you?
1: I can see it. He-Man and Lizard yep, Man. Yeah,
0: He-Man and Lizard Man from Song of Selice. Camera's not focusing well. Um, Where He-Man's picking up Lizard Man, about to throw him up to uh, get him through Grayskull's window to get the sorceress woken up. Mm-hmm. Second one... Is from uh, Secret of the Sword. He, uh-huh. he man in the Horde armor with his sword out when he's uh, deflecting the rays while all the Horde troopers are shooting at him in the Fright Zone. Nice. And the best one, Sean. Like I said, they're all key moments. This one, probably more so than any of the other ones.
1: <laughs> especially for my taste yes. yeah that's cool it is
0: Orko as he's grabbing Lord Mask's mask and pulling it off and that's this nice. is the one I was say it's bigger than I thought it's actually the whole um, yeah the, the paper actually comes to here so it, this is actually like the whole uh, mm-hmm. frame it would be and I don't know how well it's picking up but there's some cool shading like, blue shading around the mask to yep. show, like, the energy that's coming off. This yep. is amazing. Oh! Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that that one. You know me with that that actual episode anyway, but on top of that, that is really cool how huge that image is. Yeah, so. I, I, I mean, Double whammy. <laughs> I, I saw a picture of
0: it before I before I bought it, but I, I didn't, I guess I, it just didn't click with me that it's going to be like the whole thing, because usually they're not, because usually there's, I mean, mm-hmm. they're, you know, you see it on TV, there's usually other stuff going on around them, you know, whatever. Um, sure. But, the, you know, that's awesome to get that, like, right in your face or go with, the, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to get framing. I've got so much stuff
1: to frame <laughs> I still got to get my uh, my prints that I showed off not long ago, the the He-Man teal and Goddess ones. Yeah, definitely got to get those free. Oh, real quick, um, I uh, I posted my first tryout using the tablet the other night. Yeah, the She-Ra, and thing. I did a uh, the She-Ra face trying sense. to. That was here's here's a little insider for anybody listening that cares. Um, so part of how uh, Matt and I met. Right. Was I actually asked the Whispering Woods uh, Facebook group if I could do an image because they were having the new Shira Netflix series was coming out, and I'm like, okay, to celebrate that, first new anything Masters related, I'll do a, a, like an actual illustration. We can uh, you know offer it up for a contest. And one of the coolest things of that night was the fact that they said, okay, everybody say for the honor of Greyskull, and then they'll pick based on that. And that was one of, like, I saw my artwork and just seeing people all down that thing for (laughs) the Honor of Grace God. I I actually, got misty-eyed that night seeing that because it really, really affected me. There was a lot of people that
0: jumped in on that, too. Like, everybody was was getting in. I think
1: damn new. And that was part of it. Mm -hmm. That was part of it, too, because for me being who I am, I don't think my stuff is all that great. When (laughs) I saw how many people were literally, right, I'm just like, wow. You know, so that got me. Uh, and, and, uh, obviously Matthew one, and that's how we started actually communicating and getting in touch and all this stuff. And, um, ever since that day, I have been wanting to redo that piece because part of my problem was it was colored pencils. I wanted to do it digitally to really pop those colors. For digitally. Now when uh, you had that, and I'm going to cut you off here
0: real quick because I've had in hand, I thought it was amazing. When I saw it on, you know, they posted it up and everything, and a version of it even became the group cover page for the, for a while. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, that is awesome. I'm gonna enter this. I don't win anything, like, so I won't win it. But then when I did, and I, I didn't realize seeing the picture that it was colored pencil that you. And I think that was the first thing I, I reached out to you about after, you know, the mm-hmm. the address exchange. Once I opened it, I'm like, dude, did you do this with colored pencils? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And, but, and I know what you're saying digitally, that it doesn't come across as well, but when you see that in person, when I had it in my hands looking at it, that colored pencil shading, whatever, oh my god, like it's beyond amazing. Uh, looking at that no, in you. person, <laughs> I'm like, how can he do this? Like, I do colored pencils Hi. and it looks like I, you know... Like I'm like my four year old scribbling, you know, outside the lines and everything. Mm-hmm. And Sean can take colored pencils and make it into fine art. And I'm like, I'm always I... amazed by his talent.
1: Yeah, I, see, that's the thing. Like I did it, and I did it based on I promised that's how I wanted it to look. But mm-hmm. it, it, like none of what I wanted to do actually came across the way I was hoping by the end of it. And it's I feel like George Lucas with the Star Wars movies at this because you know what you yeah. like, you have it, and you have the that's the original. Um, but I started, I, I have a scan of it right. that I was actually going to print. Um, and I, cause I, the, the main thing was I promised the admins on the site that I would print it out and do a, just like, here's for you guys for let me do it. But because I was not happy with how that looked as a scan, I never printed it for them. Right. And it wasn't because I was being a jerk. I was just like, no, I'm waiting until I get a digital tablet to redo this. Um, so the other night I was just tinkering just with the face. Cause I, I wanted to rework the face a little. There's been a model or two where I'm like, oh, she would make a nice little reference exactly. as, as a Shira, um, uh, stand in or whatever. Facially. I was just tinkering with that. And I posted what I had, uh, just to go, Hey, my first night w- yeah. working on this tablet and out of anybody who liked my stuff, which granted there were plenty of people I, I appreciate who liked it. But the one person in the last 24 hours that the name really, really got me was Gerard Perell.
0: Nice, nice. He's a
1: friend of mine on Facebook, and he actually liked something I did. And I'm I'm just sitting there going, no, I'm I'm supposed to be liking your stuff. You don't have to like mine. <laughs> so I that that was such a that was such a nice moment just to go oh, wow. And I've made more progress since then. Last night I was up late working again to make this new digital piece and i need to figure out what i want to do with this stuff so that's a whole nother conversation but i'm just saying uh i'm having a lot of fun i i'm actually like inspired and excited to do artwork again now because i got this thing and i can play yeah so and a little easier
0: it's a little easier to transition because i know ever since we started talking you've always said that you were disappointed that you couldn't really take your your pencil you know the stuff you do by hand yeah. and really take it to digital easily without reworking like everything so hopefully exactly
1: this
0: will, i hope this will help your 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 productivity you know make it make it a little I'm easier hoping. on you to get from step to step that would be i
1: it. i need i need to do legends of Grayscale stickers so that yes. matthew, matthew rodriguez and i can can like team up and start doing some creativity but, stuff because uh that was what was getting me i'm like he made stickers and a t-shirt and I haven't done anything for us. And I'm on the show. Yes. <laughs> this is,
0: did
1: you, did this you is get, weird. Did you get a t-shirt? <laughs> I actually will when I get paid again. Yeah, I want to get one. Because I'm like, that, I got to get me on a t-shirt. I mean, geez, nobody's ever put me on a t-shirt before. <laughs> mine, was, mine was
0: supposed to be here yesterday and it was still in Illinois as of yesterday. So.
1: Well, it, it's it's crazy. It's like we could just have these, these caricatures of us yeah. hosting the show and we'll just voice them and we'll have like our mouths come in and start. <laughs> nice. But we'll have like the cartoon versions of us as the the host from then on. I like it.
0: I like it. No, but there, and I was, I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to overstep. But yes, I think fans of the show, I think Sean having this tablet is going to result in some cool stuff for you guys. <laughs> Throwing it out there.
1: Let's, let's see what happens. So, yeah, but uh, I'm excited.
0: And best of all. It's an Android, so it's not going to give you any issues. So. <laughs> <clears throat> and it actually works with Mac
1: too, peacefully and harmoniously. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, like oh, I, I did, a so you did I, have I, it up
0: on your monitor, didn't you, whenever he was. Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So, that, but it is, it is a, it's not a Wacom, it's a Hunion. So. Yeah, that's,
0: I, that means nothing to me, but that, that's amazing that it works seamlessly with multiple platforms. That's, yeah, that's huge into in it too, which I'm sure you looked at that. Yeah,
1: oh, I had to. I, I did my research. <laughs> I did a lot of research.
0: All right, well, let's uh let's jump over here. Let's get to we're getting back to a nice review here. So we're doing um, <clears throat> so. She-Ra over in the UK had a magazine. I'd say it's more of a magazine than a comic, really. Um, you know, He-Man had one, she had one, kind of the same as our U.S. comics, um, or I mean, the U- the U.S. magazine, where, you know, it'd have a few different stories in it, some puzzles, reader mail, and all that, you know. Um, Sean, I know you've never, well, I'm assuming, I shouldn't assume, you've never had any of the U.K. magazines, have you?
1: No, the anything U.K. Okay. related, I'm completely in the dark with. Yeah
0: um did you have any of the u.s magazines
1: oh i had those from like the first issue okay. i i i got I, I know i had the first issue of the she one but i had all the masters ones it, when i was a kid i as i think i subscribed to it yeah. even well that's how you had to get yeah. it you had to, well maybe they, i thought it was hmm? no it was it was at was grocery on New stores States? when i was a okay. kid i i had a, i got it from grocery stores but then because of how often I got it, my mom was like, oh, we're just going to subscribe to it. Right. And then it just came to my door, and it was like, yay. Do, do, you, still
0: have your, do you still have your posters from them?
1: Um, that's the thing. I don't even know if I have the the magazines because of how weird it was for like us moving up here. Yeah. So I'm going to just say no. I, I'm pretty sure I don't anymore. I, I love seeing yeah, them awesome. on uh online though. I love those posters. And just having those memories. Someday I'll
0: have a full set. No, I won't. Because there was like two in every issue. There wasn't even... It's not even like, like... There is a ton of those posters out there.
1: Yeah, because the, the one... One of my absolute favorite uh, covers of the magazine was the uh, the Rock On one. Where oh, where they're crash-landing, and they're, like... They're crash-landing, rockons yeah. already standing. And the comet... That, I, I just love or that the one.
0: meteorbs, I think, are, like, coming down in the background or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep, I
1: think I, that, that's one of my all-time favorite uh, covers for some reason. It just, it's... It always stuck out to me, that and the one with Hordak looking into the crystal at, at a he man Yeah,
0: I think I have so. that one. I think I have both of those, but I could be wrong. I've only got a handful of them. But anyways...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but those were once a month or once a quarter, if I recall correctly. At most, they were once a month.
1: I, I thought they were once a month, but I could be wrong.
0: Okay. Uh, now, these UK ones, these were every fortnight. Do you know what a fortnight is? Every two weeks. There you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Every time I think I'm going to stump em. I watch the BBC. I, I got I got info on certain things. If I, <laughs> if I asked my kids, they'd say,
0: really, Shiver was on fortnight? no, <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: yeah see i'm so out of the loop i forget Fortnite's even a thing until i walk by a GameStop. so there you oh, go well, the way <laughs> the way it's
0: going wait till your kids get a little bit older because it does
1: not seem to be dying down yeah i'll worry about it later <laughs> <now>. <laughs> my, my son loves sonic and i'm happy for that right now so there we go Fuck, oh, okay. man we are we are tangential today aren't we <laughs> it's been. It, I feel like it's been longer than two weeks. I think that's part of the problem. I think so. I'm just like there's a ton of stuff that I've had stored up that I've been wanting to talk about. Okay. So, so
0: this is number seven of the She-Ra Fortnightly UK magazine. Um, it was published in November of 1986, and it cost 35 pence. Pence? Pounds? It gotta be pence, right? Pounds would be more. That'd be like. Pounds are like uh, a Yeah, dollar. pounds would have been
1: like 35. Yeah. But not not exactly, but, you know, with the exchange rate. So, yeah, 35 This is pounds.
0: where we do our, the, uh, you can tell we do our research before we get going here, guys. Actually, I actually did mean <laughs> to look all this up last night, but I, I forgot. Uh-oh.
1: Where's James Etock when we need him? <laughs> Aiden Cross. Aiden, <laughs> if, if you guys aren't following, Aiden, yes.
0: Aiden Cross does the UK <laughs> Comics Review site. I'll drop a link down below and uh he is the guy when it comes to the uk comics so
1: just, we we go to ask them and they just they they just like it's pence you idiot right. you know just like sheriff of nottingham and uh, prince of thieves uh okay so about
0: about 50 wow, about 50 cents according to this that seems
1: I don't remember how much the magazine. I, I want to say the magazine probably was only like a couple bucks at most. Yeah, I, I would, when when we were younger. So yeah, I guess I, I guess it evens yeah. out.
0: And I, and I do
1: feel... depending how many pages. I, was, I, was, I, was, I
0: think these are a bit shorter than. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's three stories, a puzzle in a in a reader mail page, but like this, the story we're we're only going to talk about one story out of here the story that we're doing was only seven pages, six pages. So, I
1: mean. And and it it, uh, wasn't even full color through the whole story. It was only full full color on the first mm -hmm. two pages, if I remember right, of the the actual story. So they saved money that way as well.
0: You notice they did that for all of them? Like, it's not even like the start of the book, because this is the first story in the book. Every time a new story starts, there's two pages of color. And then black and white. That's weird. So I... That
1: is weird.
0: I, I think it's a cost-saving measure. Like you said, they're pumping these out Probably. every two weeks. Short stories. And... Because uh, I was thinking back, because at first I'm like, oh, like, they start... Uh, kind of like a Sunday newspaper. Like, okay, the, the first strips mm-hmm. are in color, and then the rest is in black and white for the week, you know? But then, yeah. but then once I saw the second story come up, I'm like, wait, no, this is... So I'm thinking it's to give you, especially if there's new characters, like, you can picture... The characters in their in their fullness. You yeah. think about it. The, the first story only features She-Ra and Madame Raz. If the second story features Bo and Mermista, you know you're not going to know what Bo and Mermista, you know, really look like. So I th- mm-hmm. I think that's the idea to kind of give you like, okay, in your mind, here's the world, and then yeah, the rest of it you just have to fill in the blanks for yourself. So. It's a a really neat, uh, really neat format. Excuse me. So this is, and it's just She-Ra. No Princess of Power on it, too. That was interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. and the cover here for our audio listeners, it's, uh, She-Ra with her sword up, deflecting blast from Madam Raz, who's flying in on Broom, very angrily. And, Mm -hmm. uh... The And it, uh, the title is she Fights with Madam Rez. So, uh, interesting little tidbit, thanks to Aiden. This is the first time for the magazine that the cover matched one of the interior stories. So before that, they were very comic booky, where the cover was just... A picture, and it didn't actually happen anywhere in the book. Mm-hmm. Like I
1: think I like that actually. I like that this one, yeah, because that would have made me pick it up and go, "Like, why are they right. fighting?" You know, like they, that's a good hook. And,
0: well, and if I recall correctly, this story was actually inspired by the picture. Um,
1: oh, okay. That they cool. came
0: up with this. Like, the, the image was first, and then they built the story around, like, why is, why are they fighting, kind of thing, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, th- I think definitely was in development, but the, from what I read, it's, it's, the, he came up with the image of Shira fighting Madame and Mraz, and then they're like, okay, well, why are they doing this, so. Um, okay. So let's jump through here. We're not going to read page by page, guys, but well, I'm going to flip through it right quick. It's only a few pages. But the the story is called Freedom Castle, um, and it starts off with Adora and Madame Raz outside this old, the old castle ruins here, and uh, I'm gonna read this first blurb here talking about Freedom Castle because it's kind of the crux of the story. I'm at the end of mine. <clears throat> Uh, Okay, actually, no, this isn't... Uh, Okay, that is an interesting tidbit, though. So, Freedom Castle lies to the north of Princess Adora's kingdom, and despite its ruined and unseemly condition, still plays host to many a visitor. So, uh, here in this continuity, it looks like Adora's actually running one of the kingdoms, and I did not read Mm -hmm. any of the issues prior to this. Maybe I should have, but... So they're playing a little loose with the con- with the continuity. They kind of had their own, as most things did, their own little pocket there. Um, and and it's, uh, Adora looks very sad, very upset. She's go- looking around the ruins, and uh, Madame Rez tries to pull an orco and kind of cheer her up. So she tries uh, conjuring up flowers, but they blow up and everything. And uh, but she does manage to bring a smile to Adora's face. And uh, and is saying, you know, she's sorry that she's been moody. She's just been thinking about Freedom Castle's history. And here we go. Here's the part that I want to read to you guys, because this is a very interesting history. It was constructed centuries ago by an elfin race known as the Guardians of Etheria. Apparently, they protected the planet in the time before the sorceress... And Freedom Castle was one of many fortresses built in locations thought to be highly magical, but the guardians mysteriously vanished, and the castle quickly passed from owner to owner, and one wishing to keep it for too no one wishing to keep it for too long as the spirits of its makers were said to haunt its stone corridors. Years later, when the horde invaded the planet, the castle became the site of a great battle for freedom. And was reduced to little more than a smoldering ruin when Hordak finally crushed Atheria's valiant army. So the whole this is like the last holdout of Hordak's initial invasion of Atheria, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I like that they, I like that the idea that these old time. Races were like, let's find the most magical place because that's what Ethereum's always been. It's been that highly magical place enslaved by technology. So they like all their important parts. You know, Freedom Castle was built on this highly magical place by the Elfin race. So then you figure, you know, Castle Bright Moon yeah. was built, you know, by them because that place was highly magical. It all ties into that that recurring theme on Ethereum, You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I like. It. It's the story definitely has a like you could you could see coming back to this and telling more stories than this simple little right. story they built up here, which is it's really cool. It's like, uh, ironically, going back to the 87 movie, it's like this is like one of those currents right. that you could come back and just explore in a lot more depth, which is really well, it's cool.
0: It's that world building that we love,
1: you know, mm-hmm. It, Definitely. Because we've
0: never really heard. You heard about Hordak invading Eternia and being turned away, you know, no matter what continuity it is. And then you've got She-Ra fighting against Hordak, you know. But by the time we pick that up, he's in control. You never really get yeah. to hear about what happened, how many died, how, you know. And so this place is set up as the last holdout.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: So. This is where it goes to the black and white, like Sean said. Um, So Adora and Broom, or Adora, (coughs) Madam Raz and Broom, they they take off. They're going to give Adora a little moment to, and and to me, it's kind of like Adora's on a journey to kind of learn about the horrors of the Horde still and kind of what she's up against, you know, she's visiting all these old Ethereum places. So mm-hmm. and Broom, they're going to give her a little space. They head into the castle and she sees all of these uh, elf, the elfin people like singing and dancing and carrying on. And, sh- and uh, the spirits of them. Uh, and so she's running back to let Adora know about it. As she's heading out she sees the sorceress and Hordak in a face-off. And yes, folks, mm-hmm. that is the Sorceress of Castle Grayskull, Bird Lady. Turns into Zor. You know her. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Madame Raz starts attacking. She wants to help save the Sorceress. Um, and obviously, here is the crux of the story, is that Hordak and the Sorceress are spirits, and she's actually hitting Adora with her magic. So, Adora uh, quickly realizes something's wrong with her, Turns into She-Ra, and, um, basically they, they, they parry a little bit, but Adora uses the stone in her sword to deflect, uh, uh, some light back into her face and wake her up and make her stop seeing the spirits. And, uh, and basically it's just a wrap up here, um. That, uh, Madame Raz was just seeing the spirits, they're gonna... Uh, let's see here. Uh, here we go, let's read here, she'll explain it better than I can. From what I can gather, because it's been built on a magical power site, Freedom Castle has become some kind of image recorder. It's like a mirror, in that images are formed, but it also stores them, so images remain long after whatever caused them was gone. Only people of a mystical nature can see these images... And because of the unpredictability of your powers, you saw an image of Hordak as he was when he attacked the castle years ago instead of seeing me. And they hope that one day Freedom Castle will record Hordak's downfall one day. And that's that's the story. Like I said, just a, a nice little... To me, it's just a nice little world builder. Um...
1: Mm
0: Mhm. And the the one last thing I'll say before we go into our discussion is the next page. I don't know. Did you go on to the next page, Sean?
1: Mm, I didn't. So you're going to have me shocked and amazed. So the next
0: page is the letter page. And I don't
1: Uh.
0: fun at much, but they really should have thought about this a couple of times before they did it the letter page is entitled She-Mail.
1: <laughs> she... oh. oh. That's... Yeah, she... that's <laughs>
0: She-Mail. M-A-I-L. M-A-I-L. So.
1: They, they could have called them Postals of Power or something, you know? <laughs> like uh, I mean, that's real literally that was 3 seconds later i threw she letters <laughs> mail to she i mean there's there's a... shera's mailbag. bag ras mailbag. <laughs> the swift wind post yes. you know Or swift winds mail bag or what oh my <laughs> god or 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 you know ask madam raz <laughs> like like dear dear, uh, dear what's dear uh, <laughs> dear abby or whatever that is yeah, yeah. so Um, yeah, that was, that's an unfortunate, it's the whole thing, uh, Disney plus and all that's doing now where they have to put up the, uh, caution in front of certain, like the Muppet show and it's like, Oh, there's a little bit of racially charged something in here. And that was of the time and sorry, but we're going to put it on anyway. Yeah. I
0: I would, I would love to find, uh, I'd love to find some of these people. <laughs> we got... We got... Uh, <laughs> Teresa Louise Aspinel from Manchester wrote in. Mark Secor from London. Elizabeth Ainsworth from Nottingham. Uh, Jillian Long-Harn from Lurgan. Um, yeah, you know, it'd, be, it'd be cool to find some of these people. Uh, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that was... Freedom Castle. So, Sean, what do you think of
1: the story? Well, it's a short story, yeah, yeah. Um, But but it's it's more the story that your mind can make up after you read that story that makes it interesting. Like uh, it, it's got that sort of like a short story vibe of like um, I, I want to say like an Edgar Allan Poe sort yeah. of a thing where it's like it, it makes your mind definitely build something from this little nugget like they gave you there. And, you know, thinking of the little bits that they put into the history, it makes me th- it makes me go like, I would love if they could have done a prequel to show some of this stuff yes. leading up to Adora's capture or, or kidnapping, yeah. I should say, and all this. Because I think there's plenty of story and plenty of interest in that that still could be... You know, put out there for fans. And that was one of those, you know, if I saw that in a movie, that would be like, well, wait, we got to talk about that in the next movie because that's cool. (laughs) Excuse
0: me. Um, Yes, and that's what I love about it. I love that it gives you a glimpse into the world before that we rarely see. It, It builds you up with some different races, you know. And the most interesting thing to me was that the sorceress was there. Now, yeah. I'm sure you could easily say, because this is early on, it's issue 7. I'm sure you could easily say that maybe the writer got confused with Sorceress and Light Hope. But, let's say they didn't. Let's say it was intentional that it was the Sorceress there. Why? What's that, what's that do for your mind? Where does that take you? Why was she there? Should she be there? Is this, you know, a, a, a break in
1: continuity? I, the way I would have gone with it in my head, and this is where I, I went initially, it, you know, they talk about, uh, it, in Secret of the Sword, I want to say, didn't they talk about the fact that, you know, men at arms and the, the guards ran after Hordeck and they were trying to get Adora back when the whole kidnapping happened? <laughs> And I, I kind of like the idea that because of what was going on, it made people act without thinking. Mm. So here's this baby getting taken through a portal, and Hordax laughing, and oh, I got the, you know, I got the baby, and he's running for it. I kind of like the idea that Sorceress just did a to hell with it, and she tried to go and do something to get Adora back, and maybe, maybe she had like Man at Arms with her or whatever, and this. Is like the final moments that you can see because she doesn't have her powers when she's not near Grayskull. Right. So the idea, she's there, she's doing her best to to solve this situation, but she's overpowered because Hordak and the horde and all that kind of stuff going on. So I, that's how my mind painted that picture at yeah. least. It, it's it's a dire situation. Her as a mother, even it's that whole I lost my own child. I can't even be the mother of my child. To my child, I should say. So, uh, you know, here's another child, and I want to, I want to do the best I can in this situation, and and save Adora. Um, and I like the idea that, you know, maybe man at arms and some guards were with them or with her, and they got taken out somehow, and she's the last person standing. And it's she comes back licking her wounds, and Hordak wins the day in that instance. So you see that pivotal moment in the history of. Not only Eternia, but a theory. Like,
0: it, they, I mean, either way, for and, and I went the same way, either way it needs a little bit of retconning because we clearly saw in Secret of the Sword that you know Hordak escaped, they didn't know where he went and it was years mm-hmm. before they figured it out. Um, but yeah, I like the idea too. I like it of taking it a little farther. Maybe he, they did chase him through the portal. Maybe they didn't know where they were. You know, that, that, that'd be my only mm-hmm. thing because I still, to me, it's like, okay, if they went there, then why, why did she wait then, you know, 20 years to try again to send He-Man through? So the biggest thing for me was she, she can't know necessarily where she is in, you know, even, if, <coughs> excuse me, it's <coughs> not a good morning for me. even if she knows she, <clears throat> she's on Etheria, once hordak defeats them and blasts them back they don't know how to get back there as long as that's put into place mm-hmm. i'm good with you know i'm good with the with the with the with them trying to get adora back a little more than they did actually going through trying to help the people and you know having to live with that failure on top of it like they get into this world and hordak's just Decimating it just like he was trying to do on Eternia, and you know she tries to help and fails. I mean, he he destroys Freedom Castle, he takes over the planet, and he blasts her back to Eternia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, i it, it could it could be interesting that because you were saying why would she wait twenty years, and I'm like, she is she. In my opinion, it's the whole licking your wounds. Yeah. She waited twenty years <laughs> until. There was someone who could actually wield Grayskull's power properly to bridge that. And on top of that, I, I, I like in the movie, it was the sword calling yeah. to her to make her. Uh, wasn't yes. it, it, it? The sword was like waking her from her, from right, her sleep. Right, because the all sword that. finally located and, and her. The, exactly. So I, I like that idea where may, maybe the. Ooh, how about this? How about this? How about Shadow Weaver? did something to sorceress to wipe mm. her mind while she's over there. And then she forgot. And I, cause here's the mm. thing, like the, the whole Shira story is, is something that it would be a hard thing not to have in the background somehow, yes. unless you didn't plan for that story in the initial beginning, <laughs> right. which obviously they did but not. But Even then they still so, dropped
0: you know, origin and the sorceress. They still dropped the two swords. So as soon as they realized what they were doing, they dropped it in there. -hmm. I mean, even back in the eighties, they were like, we need to put something in He-Man to allude to this, you know?
1: (laughs) Sure. Sure. But I, I almost like the idea that, that like something happened to sorceress that, that got it, that either she knew these guys are so overpowered and she got, and she got to see (laughs) what the horde was about, which then makes it an even bigger deal. If they show up on Eternia again,
0: Sorry, go finish
1: finish your thought. Something just came to me. Well, uh, or Shadow Weaver or or someone did something like they put a whammy on her and everyone else that until they finally see Adora again, then it snaps them back out of it and go, (laughs) that's her. You know, but kind of like Sleeping Beauty in that way where it's like, okay, the whole kingdom goes to sleep until the the princess is awakened. You know, I I like that.
0: Absolutely. I like everything we said so far. One more option what if this is before all of that
1: yeah because we're just relying on that key moment <laughs>
0: what, well, what, if, what if Hordak got turned away at Eter- from Eternia he was defeated by Randor and Grayskull they, they pushed him back
1: mm-hmm.
0: he went to Etheria mm-hmm. why would he go to Etheria when he's licking his wounds from being defeated because Etheria is already under his force. That's where he came from. He conquered Etheria first, built up his power, mm-hmm. and then came for Eternia. So when he got pushed back, he escaped back to Etheria, but Sorcerer's Man-in-Arms, you know, I mean, it's still kind of... Well, they don't know where he went, necessarily, So, I mean, Sorceress has been Sorceress for a long time. And I've always felt that there's a connection between Grayskull and the Crystal Castle. You know? And it's been hinted at that the first ones might be Turnians and everything else. So what if Mm -hmm. when Hordak first invades Etheria and starts enslaving it, which is well before the events that we see even in the flashback in Secret of the Sword, Light Hope is wounded during that battle. And he has to retreat to the Crystal Castle and become the energy form that we know him from. What if he then Mm -hmm. sends out a distress call to the sorceress like, hey, we need help, you know? And this is in the time even before, you know, because we saw an origin of the sorceress that... Uh, you know, Grayskull was kind of off the grid when she took over the duties of Sorceress. Telena did. You know, they didn't have the connection mm-hmm. to the Royal Palace or anything. You know, obviously no He-Man, nothing like that. Like, Grayskull was on its own. So, Sorceress yeah. has nobody to call. She's got no Heroic Warrior. She's got no He-Man. So, she sets off through the portal herself to aid Light Hope. So, this is a young inexperienced, well, maybe she's experienced, but not as experienced as the sorceress we know. This is before she's had Tia. Yeah. This is before all that. And she tries mm-hmm. to fill Light Hope's shoes and help, and fails. And then she's got to go back to Eternia, but now she knows she's like, and maybe that's how Hordak knows about Eternia. Maybe once she sees that Freedom Castle has fallen, She heads back to Eternia. Hordak realizes the power... The the magnitude of the power that she's drawing from. You know? And he's like, I want that power. And as she's escaping back through the portal... He gets a reading, knows where she is. She knows he knows now. And so she's got to get back to Eternia. And this is where she starts... Forging the connections... In preparation for... The Horde invasion. And so then by the time Hordak gets to Eternia... They're ready for him, and Randor's forces can turn him back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm done with that. Because <laughs> I, I, it gives a little more weight to what both He-Man and She-Ra are up against right. and what their, what their goal is by having a story sort of like that, you know? And, and so anytime that there is something like what we're talking about, I always go to those well, then what does it do to amp up why right. the hero is needed even more than we already know him or him or her to be? And in the case of that, it's like we have one panel. Right. But the amount of story that you can draw from that is, is it, you know, I wouldn't say infinite, but it's definitely bigger than not just by going, well, what's this about? You know, and I mean, and the other thing too, is I like the idea. It could be something tragic. It could be I something that, be. you know, you're, the, the the thing is with with that castle idea, and the whole you know you're seeing the images of, of yes. history play out. The one thing I would have put in there, and uh, it, it, we we talked about it a little before we started recording, but like uh, it reminded me a little of the the Netflix the the haunting of Hill House and and Bly Manor and stuff like that, where you know it's like. In order for something like that to be there and to be, you know, like people can see like, like she said, the mystical people can see it and the magical people can see it, but it's the idea of, it's, it's like an emotional, uh, it, it, it's an emotional memory connection to whatever happened there for that vision to be seen. Right. So, you know, it, it's like, Either it's a, a, a great moment of, of uh, Hordak winning, which is why it, it's because it's like that's a war right. and boom, like she said, it was left ru- in rubble mm-hmm. when Hordak showed up. But the other part of me is like the connection to the Sorceress so maybe that's her biggest loss other than Adora yes. at, at that point. And so it's going to keep on replaying. Here's the Sorceress getting her ass handed to her by oh. Hordak and the Horde and be sent on her way. And that's the whole, it's like within that moment, if you talk the way that you're talking, then it's like, not only did the sorceress fail, light hope becomes, yep. you know, uh, incorporeal yep. at that point, which then there's one less warrior there to protect the And there's now a spirit right. form to protect Eternia, or a yeah. I'm sorry, not attorney, uh, Etheria. But the other thing that is, that um, that's her biggest loss. And, and, and then that sets the ball in motion for everything else uh, to come. So it's like, she said, you know, they hope that there is a day where the horde is beaten and that's where they get beaten. And it's like, I, it's like that alone, that little bit of the story is enough to go, well, show us that, you know, that would be really cool to look at and go, she was right. And you know have have she there next time with hordak at the edge the end of her sword and he's surrendering you know
0: that would be a a nice end to like you do something like this and like this is an early issue of the comic issue seven and then by the end of the you know if these things back then had a finality you know an ending at the end of it have like a do or die situation, you know, whispering I imagine rebels would lose Whispering Woods, you know they'd lose that protection, Mm -hmm. they'd be forced to fall back, it's do or die it's all or nothing, and so Adora is like, hey, let's let's retreat to Freedom Castle this will be our last, you know our last barricade, our last stand, you know, because it's obviously close, Mm -hmm. it said was north I'm assuming they mean Whispering Woods when they say the kingdom Adora ran, so it's like okay, we're gonna fall back and this is it, and they all hunker down, and, you know, eventually they do end up winning, and it'd be a nice bookend to the saga.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and real yeah. quick here, because my mind's still thinking about that. I, th- I think I like that last one best. <laughs> but I think putting it before solves most of the... I don't think you'd have to retcon, really, because what you could do is once... Hordak controls Etheria, we know Crystal Castle was hidden away, and I think once that point happens, the connection between Grayskull and Crystal Castle is lost, so that's why Sorceress can't find Adora when Hordak escapes. Like, because she never really, I mean, she says she couldn't find her, but, like, she could know, like, okay, Hordak's going back to Etheria, but because that connection is severed, she can't find Etheria. Like, that's the issue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's like, I know it. And wouldn't that be even more frustrating? Like, I know where mm-hmm. she is. I know where he went. I know where he took her. And I can't get there. I can't find it. So then she casts a spell on the sword to keep searching and searching. And finally, it locates whatever faint echo of the crystal castle, whatever. And, you know, 20 years later, it wakes sorceress up in the middle of the night. And it's like, it worked. It, it, it found... They found it, you know, because I assume, you -hmm. you know, dealing with the laws of magic, portals, you know, you'd have to know where you're going. You can't just open a gate to somewhere. Kind of like in the 87 movie, Gwildred's like, you can't just punch keys at random. I mean, you open the gate to somewhere, but you have to know it. So basically, that's it. Sorceress could not find the location of Etheria because before that, they'd use the Crystal Castle as like the anchor point and it had gone dormant. So it took her longer to find it, to find the planet.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then, of course, once Adora wakes up, they get her the sword, she wakes up, she awakens Crystal Castle again. That's why it's so much easier for He-Man and she from that point to cross back and forth. Because we, we've we reopened the connection. And we're winning the planet back.
1: See, that's that's what makes that story richer for me than what we have already you know and that's something that like it's when I was a kid She-Ra was already a hard sell for the simple fact like (laughs) I grew up with the Savage mini comics going into DC and everything else and then when you pull in how they did uh, She-Ra it was always way more Unlike what I wanted, right. you know, and it's like I could it wasn't an issue of, oh, it's a girl right. who's the lead. It, that never was an issue for me. It was more like I even as a kid, I was always hung up on, you know, oh, well, she shows up at the rebel camp. They right. know she's a horde. Uh, <clears> they, they know she's the uh, what what the heck Force was Captain. she? The um, Force Captain Adora yeah. from the horde. And she's like, "Well, I, now I'm with the good guys, and everybody's cheering yeah. her." And I'm like, "No, this even as a kid, I'm like, too easy. Yes. No, like, don't you people have movies? <laughs> this isn't how it works." But but like, when you bring in the emotional side yeah. of it, though, because like that was one of the moments that got me in in uh, Secret of the Sword when Marlena sees yeah. her again. That got that affected me as a child because I'm I, I remember being in the theater going. Imagine if I never knew my mom yeah. and dad. That would be crazy. Them as an adult. But, you know, seeing this, it, yeah, huh. exactly. And all those years that you missed, you know, all those lessons you would have learned through your parents instead of a, you know, a tyrannical galactic it, roar, you know, Before
0: Adam and Adora go through the portal back to Eternia for the first time, after they free Angela, she turns mm-hmm. to Adam and she goes, do you think mother and father will like me? hmm you know and on top of that like we've said many times before all the stuff that filmation couldn't get into but larry detilio he pressed it he he did everything he could to make you realize a subtext he was going for because in her mind sure. she's thinking of all the stuff she's done and she's living with this all that stuff was in the service of evil all that stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: he, whether directly or indirectly caused pain and suffering what are my parents, who are benevolent rulers? Like not even like, here's your parents; they're farmers. No, your your dad is this king that the entire world loves, and you're coming uh-huh. home like, I, you know, I killed a man. I I, I helped burn somebody's house down because he didn't pay taxes. Like, and just a, like you said, the I, I can't even imagine what would be going through someone's mind like that. Like as an adult doing this stuff and now getting to meet your parents and you find out they're like the best people on this planet. You Mm -hmm. know? And now you're supposed to stay. This is a whole internal struggle that just really makes Shira work for me. You know? Mm -hmm. You've got to find a way to rise. That's why the secret identity works with Shira. You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It works because she needs to earn people's trust. She cannot just go, I'm Shira. It, It would work. Absolutely. But she knows that that's not enough. Adora needs to atone for her sins. Adora needs to make people trust her. She needs to learn. She needs to win them over. And I can see there being that struggle in the camp. Um, I I accept that they let her join. Because at that point, I mean, we got got two carts, four horses, seven pitchforks. Like, that is our militia. The rebellion is done. And Glimmer knows it. I could see Bo, Mm -hmm. I could actually see Bo being the hardest. Bo being like, you are not bringing that Force Captain in here, Glimmer. What are you thinking? She is going to sell us out. She's going to, we're going to, she's going to burn us from the inside out. And Glimmer going, we had no choice, Bo. She is Mm battle-hardened. She has knowledge of the Horde. If there is any chance that she is on our side, we have to take it. Because we are out of options. Mm -hmm. You know? And... Mm-hmm. And, and I would love to see that struggle, you know, glimmer and bow on the, and yes. obviously Bo would eventually come around, but it has to be earned. Same thing we said at the, beginning of, the ep- it, beginning of this episode, you have to earn it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, like the, the older I've gotten, the more I think Shira, no matter what, has the biggest uphill oh, battle yes. every freaking day of her life. And, and uh, it took me until I was in my 20s for my roommate at the time to bring that up mm-hmm. to me because I was all about He-Man yeah. and and he just out of nowhere one day just dropped this. You ever think that, you know, He-Man has it easy? Yes. And I'm like, what do you mean easy? He's got Skeletor. He's got data. And I went through the whole thing and, and he goes, but he lives on a planet where he's the good guy and it's usually okay. And then I'm like, Oh, did not think of that because again, I was never big on the on the Shira mythology because yeah. the stuff that would have engrossed me is the stuff we're, like we're talking about. Yeah. The stuff that we got in the cartoons. They, I'm not trying to downplay or belittle them, but it never reached that depth that I I'm really yeah. being grabbed by. Like the way we talk about it, or I uh, you know love it or hate it, like the Despara. Yeah part in the DC comics was like, this is way more what I always hoped they could have done. And even if they could have brought her in and I know uh, you could, you don't have to yell at me. I know she was never um, in on 2000 X, but if they could have built it to that point, I think that show would have wanted to go there because they did some really interesting, emotional stuff. And the the thing to me is like in the way that you're talking about it. What I'm enjoying a lot about that story is the whole beginning of the Shira legacy or the mythology with Etheria is failure. Oh,
0: absolutely!
1: The entire thing, and I love that. I love the idea that even even the sorceress going if 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 uh, in our in our remastering <laughs> the history like we're doing right now. Yeah. Okay. If Lighthope's the one calling to the Sorceress, saying we need right. help, and, and the Horde is here, right. they're taking over. We we need it's, something, and we need we need all the magical force we can because at that point it would be, mm-hmm. you know, here's here's you know kingdoms, yes. and they have armies, but there's no power that can rival them. And you know, uh, Shadow Weaver being who she is and being and then, one of the the main lieutenants, I, and
0: that's who took down Lighthope,
1: by the way. Shadow Weaver and
0: Light Hope. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's a match exactly. made in, in heaven. Yes, right? they're like the, exactly. the darkness versus the light, and the darkness yes. wins. And, and you know, Light Hope mm-hmm. is forced to. And I want to see big old Light Hope. You know, you got the classics figures. Need to get that classics figure. I want translucent golden armor Light Hope versus Shadow yeah. Weaver. Oh my god!
1: Exactly, yes. I agree completely. So you have that battle. Him being mortally wounded and he's reaching out to her through you know, portals telepathy, however you want right. to say it. He's putting that that SOS out there into the universe. And sorceress is like, I don't have like at that point, there's no mm-hmm. he man. So it's the whole I have to do this. She goes over there, she's doing what she mm-hmm. can only she can do so much because she's limited by her lack of being at Skull and everything. I would, I would so like assume maybe she... Maybe t- he's offsetting her power. Or I would something assume she possibly. took like the, they She together. took the
0: crystal with her. You know, uh, I can't think of the name mm-hmm. of it, but from Origin of Source, she's got that crystal, so she used it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I don't know, she won't use it again until that. So, yeah, so this is the first time she used it. She used it to... But even that doesn't give mm-hmm. her all the power. It's And it's limited. Maybe. Exactly.
1: So... Exactly, and I, I love the idea that she went in with all the best intentions, but at the very end, she can't save Lighthope. And I love that, like her last moments there are are her and him talking about this, and her saying, "You know, if if we do what has to be done here for Hordak never to find Atternia, I have to forget everything." And and Lighthope being like. I'll keep the light on as long as I possibly can until we have again, help again, or something you know, along those lines. How about this? He's like Motel Six, <laughs> the way I just re- worded him, which makes me feel really sick to my stomach. But yeah, uh, how about this? What do you got?
0: What do you got? Okay, <laughs> Sorceress comes to help. She's ready to that final showdown with Hordeck at Freedom Castle. She's ready to give up her life if it means taking him down. And Light Hope realizes this. And he... Can't let her. Maybe she's gonna do something with the Crystal, Kamikaze, whatever. She's like, I'm taking both of us out. You know, because if Hordak's gone, the figurehead's gone... You know, the Horde will be easier to take down. And But Light yeah. Hope... See, I think Light Hope is like a contemporary of Kodak Ungol. Like, he... And, and yes, I'm going with the first ones are Eternians. Like, Eternians went and populated Etheria. Um, okay. Just because th- it clears up all the biology questions, anatomy, everything else, you know. There there can be mm-hmm. some races that, like, Twiggets were already there, you know, and all that. But, you know, the human Etherians, to me, are, you know, descendants of the first ones who were Eternians. I And that, you know, they're the ones who created Crystal Castle as... Like Grey and Crystal Castle, like this is ancient stuff. Like when Ungle was young, okay. she was in charge of Grey Light Hope, and Light Hope was even her husband. How about that? And but he went on this journey sure. to help. You know, I, I think they're trying to set up like a, 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 a colony of of you know, like they want like a, like a federation. You know, to to quote Star Trek. Like, they want all these planets Mm -hmm. to work together towards peace in the universe. Well, they only get as far as Etheria, and then Hordak is like, no, I'm the one who's... But he's enslaving all these planets. So basically, he wants to put a stop to this. He's like, I don't want peace and love spreading throughout the universe. I want my rules spreading through the universe, you know? So that's what gets his attention on Etheria. is like these... They're doing what he's doing, but the good side of it. So, Uh that leads to that. Like I said, Light Hope. But by this point, it's in the... Like I said, Kodak Ungle has already passed on. Light Hope, you know, he's... Maybe even had a human form at first. Now he's more the translucent one. Like, because he's passed on to a higher being, whatever. You know, he's ancient at that point. And so, he's like, like, I can't let... So, really, he's reaching out for his wife. And he finds Tilana instead, you know... And mm-hmm. uh, but anyways, that's oh my god, my mind's going down so many rabbit holes. But anyway, so, so so, our sorceress is face off against Hordeck. She's ready to give her life, and Light Hope goes, mm-hmm. "No, I can't." You, he knows about the swords. That's where I was going with it. He knows about the swords. He knows the twins of power are prophesied to come. He knows, like she needs to be on eternity. Gray Skull has to have a sorceress. Um, they and so at. During that battle, when she's ready to give her life, he sends her back to Eternia. And he shuts Mm -hmm. it down. Light Hope. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking. That's
0: where I went when you were talking. Light Hope says, nope, we're going to save Eternia. Etheria is lost. We're cutting our losses. Be safe. The twins are coming. Take care of them.
1: Mm-hmm. and yeah no that that's that's exactly where my mom was going too. and but because it, it's like because it, he did that right when she was
0: battling hordak hordak that's why hordak gets that reading
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: why he knows where eternia is and that's and then he sets out to to finish this but it, t- it can yep. be the same thing, because Light Hope shut everything down, the castle went dormant, it takes Hordeck a while to get there, and that gives the sorceress the time to prepare, make bonds with Randor and, you know, Eternos, and they're ready for mm-hmm. this invasion that's coming.
1: And I, I like the idea that since she's the new sorceress, and this is happening now on her watch, she doesn't have all the answers, nope. she and Light Hope have moments where he's helping her delve deeper into what it is to be the sorceress because of him knowing the other sorceress. Yeah, it could be a whole thing. It doesn't even have to be like a day thing. Like this is like
0: uh, its own saga.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm almost looking at this as like Luke going to Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back. This is, this is now like, this is the guy who stood toe to toe with her former mentor Mm who's no longer okay. and now she's getting the the like concentrated idea of this is how you could do yes. this and these are the, the these are the pluses these are the minuses of what you are and and doing doing all that to make her into the sorceress we know her as when you see her in the original filmation then which would be really yes. cool i'm loving it because that that that's always been for me, at least, it's always been a disconnect between you have Light Hope, you have the sorceress, and it feels like neither the two paths shall cross in yeah. a sense, you know? And, and maybe they did, and I don't remember when it was. But as far as I know, it's like Light Hope to me was always something that it it had more of a mystique to it than I felt that they gave credit yeah. to on the show as often. But then again, I'll always preface anything I say about She as. I don't remember seeing half the episodes, so I could be wrong. I think, but, yeah, I think um, there were some
0: men, like, I think Light Hope and the Sorceress knew of each other, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I think what we're coming up with fits, that's the best part, is it fits right in yeah. with all this. If you take this little Dash UK, mm-hmm. little Dash Filmation, put it in the right order, we don't, we didn't even retcon anything there, necessarily. You know, we did not contradict mm-hmm. anything that has come before, we just kind of connected it in different ways, so... Mm-hmm. And that's what I love doing the best. You know
1: that. Yeah. Oh. There's a part of me that almost wishes that we could figure out a way of putting freedom castle into this, where if Light hope took her there, she got to see the future. And, and there's an image that maybe makes her go, what's this mean? And he's like, that's, that's for you to know later. And that's part of the whole, maybe she see, because she yeah. doesn't know Adam. She doesn't know Adora. But maybe when they're there on Etheria, that's when it, like something along the lines of that's the two of them and the swords are there somehow. And they see that and she's noticing there's these swords and that. Da, da, da. Well, so when the sword reveals, finally, that's just me being extra nutty, though. Well, Koda, so I, I probably shouldn't have even gone say, there. Kodak
0: Ungle showed her the swords. So she already knows about them. Um,
1: well, she does, but I'm just saying that, like her knowing those swords, and then they're in the hands of these people that she's never seen before, is a, almost like she's seeing Adora and Adam later when they're actually in Secret yeah, of the Sword. I, th- I think that come. The I don't think you need
0: Freedom Castle for that. I think that would come during your training scenes.
1: Just light hope, and hope all that. the like like Crystal she's tapping Castle, into seeing the future, the past, right. and every, Yeah,
0: maybe you know, even he because because yeah. never really went to specifics with her. So maybe he's the one who actually sits Mm -hmm. down and like reveals the prophecy or whatever, like this, you know, Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: so and then that all ties back in. It's like so then once she's made, you know, connections with Eternos, they're building their army. She knows Hordex on his way. She can sense it. They're building everything up. And then, you know, she meets Queen Marlena and he's like, oh, yeah, she's pregnant with twins. And it's like. Yeah. That's, you can, all the lights click in Sorceress's head, and she's like, this is it. And Hordak's on his way right now. Like, they're, you know, and that adds another level of, this could be a whole interesting saga with the Sorceress, where she's like, it's too soon. They're, they're, they're infants. Like, she knows it's them. Yep. And then when Hordak takes Adora, I mean, that's a huge law. After everything, everything. Light Hope saved me, sent me back. All I had to do
1: was keep the twins safe, and I didn't. Yeah. I actually see, like, I would have loved ending that storyline. I'm getting kind of chills thinking this. I, I love the idea. He, she goes over there, Light Hope and her doing this whole thing, and this is before Adam and Dora. Right. And, like you said, he shuts off the, the portal, he shuts off the connection. Crystal Castle goes dark, and yep. it's the first time in a millennia that that's ever happened. So there is this feeling for anybody who's there that, that is going to become the rebellion. We're lost. It's over. Yeah. It's it's the the hope hope is is literally lost. Hope is lost. Hope is completely gone. And, and I love the idea that you have, um, you have like the deepest moment of sorrow for Eternia being the loss of Adora Mm -hmm. and Adora gets taken to, in the portal Hordax laughing and all that stuff. And ha ha he wins the day. But the thing that I would do if we, if, if you could tell that story at the end of it, then is Adora goes over to Etheria. And the last shot you would see is the crystal castle starting to turn back on again. Right and it's the whole this is meant to happen it, it's like it, the the dark the darkness before the dawn right and i think that would be a hell of a thing to like visually you're seeing that moment is like yeah. oh <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, yeah and, and, and then i'm digging and then, it and, then like, and that's all from one panel in a comic book that's <laughs> it that's all it takes. <laughs> So ju- so so
0: just for that, since we didn't do our rating, we went way past. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm
0: gonna get Freedom Castle solid eight. It was a fun little story. It gives you a lot, a lot of world building. So, mm-hmm.
1: no, I just from that and, and the, how short it is. I mean, that was the yeah. thing. I'm like, okay, I got homework. I'm gonna sit and read this. And literally two minutes later, I'm like, yeah, that was my homework. Yep. And and it's fun and the uh, as anybody listening or watching can see the story potential from only a little bit yeah if you want to really connect the dots could be really awesome with that story so yeah i, I i'd give it I, i'll give it a 7 only for the fact that i kind of wished it was a little longer and they could have gotten into a little bit more mm-hmm. of that and otherwise though yeah that's a great yeah like springboard of a story to go and have fun with in your mind
0: absolutely
1: Head canning going, gone wild. I love it. All right.
0: Uh, I think we just got uh, a list of questions. Did we get any this week?
1: Yeah, let's. Oh, we got we got stuff. I So apparently when I write things on Facebook, it doesn't matter. But if I put my big ugly mug there, it's so there. Yeah. Then all of a sudden people go, hey, let's talk to this crazy person. Exactly. So here we go. We got. Uh, first one, Tony Crossland. Ooh, ooh, why doesn't one. anyone? Huh? Is a new one? I don't recognize his name. Thanks. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I've seen him in the groups. I kn- I know uh, Tony Crossland is out there. Tony Crossland with the questions. Uh, why doesn't anyone in Eternos see that Adam and He Man are one and the same? A
0: power of Grayskull.
1: There, I knew you were going to say that when. I, I see. My take on it is going to always be 2000 X, and that's what Tony said. The same thing. He loves the 2000 X treatment of Adam and He Man. I assume. Um, I assume
0: he's talking about filmation, obviously, because I mean, 2000 X. I mean, that's obvious. They're they're
1: mm-hmm. and they're obviously different, yeah.
0: right? Um, but yeah, it, it's it's the Clark Kent Superman. It's 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 the way they act, the way they carry themselves. It would have been nice to see a little bit more than Filmation. Maybe Adam even just like a little shorter or slouched shoulders or whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like Clark Kent at the Daily Planet, you know, with the the suit on and everything else. And he's you know, he just got a little way of holding himself. That's not mm-hmm. Superman-esque. I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. And if you do dig back, Filmation originally wanted to do the... Eighteen-year-old slender Adam into a adult muscular He-Man. Uh, it was all cost-cutting to be able to just use the same, you know, yeah, build basically. Because I mean, it's still different, but um, I'd say I'd say it's all personality. It's all you know. I mean, and they did change the hair color. I mean, and my biggest thing in is there's not. There's not anything to make you go secret. There should be a secret identity. Like you go into DC, Marvel, all that, you know, there's all these superheroes. They're literally wearing masks, you know. So Mm -hmm. people go, like, okay, Superman's got to have like an everyday identity. uh, You know, Spider Man obviously does because he's wearing a mask all the time, you know. Yep. Uh, Besides He Man, and you could say She Ra down the road, nobody else transforms, you know people are used to on this world that there are just powerful individuals or the ones that are supplemented by technology like Mechaneck, you know? Mm-hmm. So what in your mind after growing up with, you just, you know, you spent your whole life around Mechaneck, Fisto, Rayman, you know, enemies like Spikeor and Trapjaw and Merman. So then this big muscle-bound guy comes riding in on a Tiger one day, what in your mind would go, I wonder who he really is. You know? It just, you and,
1: know. And I, I always felt Filmation never really, like I always felt like it was just a given. And so us as the viewers, we are the ones more questioning that other than like, right. I guess the the only person you could really go to is like Teela doing the whole, why can't you be more like He-Man yeah. and all that kind of stuff to Adam? And, and they'll have every now and then. Why is it you're never in the room when you know, but right? That's that's, more of them playing on our knowledge of Superman and characters of that sort, you know, in that way.
0: And I could see that eventually, you know, yeah, eventually it's going to go. How come the prince has never been with He Man? Like that, that's the biggest thing there. But again, only the people closest to him, Tila, Man Arms, already knows, you know, the king and the queen, which the queen figured it out, you know. Mm -hmm. But that inner circle is the only ones who even stand a chance of thinking that way. Like, yeah. fistel's not even in the palace every day. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he spends five weeks out on the road hunting dragon's eggs. Sure. Know? For all he knows, they have met. I mean, obviously they've met. He's the prince. He's had to have been. you know. Yeah, that, that one time I made it to a coronation that he and I was at, they weren't there together. But Adam was probably with some floozy in the bushes. You know, I mean, well, it's... Uh, to me, it's, you have to attack that first. It's why would anyone even think about it? Because in the world of Eternia, you wouldn't.
1: They're, they did in the, uh, the one golden book, and I cannot remember the name of it, but I, I've read it to my kids just last year where uh, Orko plays like he's Adam in yeah. order to save the identity and And that was something that I think was a missed opportunity in filmation that they should have been playing that up a lot more, so it does cover yeah. Adam being who you know he's doing his secret identity and all that stuff and they even did it in um they even did it in in one of the movie scripts that I read when they were going through all their various scripts where yeah, yeah Orco was like a stand in for Adam to help cover for he man when he was needed and stuff. And I'm like, why couldn't they have done that more often? Because Orko, if he could have done that once, it shows he had the ability, and then he's less messing up other things yeah. using his magic in other ways. I think they
0: did it in the <laughs> newspaper strips, too. And, and again, mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be, like, constantly. But, yeah, once in a while, to throw yeah. Tila. And, basically, again, just that inner circle. Get Tila off the set. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing for me. It's, it's you're questioning it with your real-world logic. You're comparing it to DC Marvel, but this is a whole nother universe where only one person, and it's not even a mask. It's a transformation, you know? Just like anyone mm-hmm. who saw the Hulk would never be like, you know, to me, he's not as big at, you know, into, well, who is the Hulk, really? No, the Hulk is just yeah. this monster. The Hulk. The yeah. Hulk, you know? Whereas Spider-Man rolls up with his mask on, Daredevil with covering his face. Like, okay, there's a person underneath that, and they're obviously concealing their identity. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. That's the biggest thing to me. But yeah, I, I think definitely you could use Orko to... And he has been used here and there. Filmation never did it, but... Uh, but they did do... Uh, Quest for the Sword. They had Orko and Man-at-Arms... I think it was Quest for a Sword. They had them... Um, at the end of it, they go, Oh, yeah, you just missed He-Man. He was just here when Adam was standing there. You know, and they
1: mm-hmm. they lied
0: to her. But, I mean... Well, technically, they didn't lie to her because He-Man was just here because Adam just turned yeah. back. But... Yeah. They did, they did do that kind of stuff once in a while. And, uh, like I said, for the rest of the general population, I, I don't... Even the rest of the heroic warriors, I really don't think it's even a thought that would enter their
1: minds. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next question comes from David Clark. David, David,
0: check out, out Council—the first one's podcast.
1: I they got, ironically. They got some okay hosts. And, and then there's that one guy. <laughs> well, I don't know why the hell he's on two shows. What don't the hell is wrong with him? Don't talk about Kelly like that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so David's question actually ties into what we've already been talking about through the whole episode. How would? Well, sort of. How would the story play out if he, if Hordak had stolen Prince Adam instead of Adora? I've thought about this before. So and have I. Honestly,
0: I I don't think too much different really. Um, the main thing I think it would change is <clears throat> the inner circle of of the Eternals' palace. And my big thing is, I've always thought that Tila and Adora would kind of have a standoffish relationship. And I'm not sure exactly why. But... I I think there'd be a little bit more conflict between them. Even more so, like... Because at the end of the day, I think Tila would always rag on Adam... But uh, yeah, but you know, she really wants him to succeed. If anything, she's frustrated by his lack of mm-hmm. competence and reliability. Yeah. But I see—I guess because I see, and maybe this is because I still see Adora kind of as a force captain. Adora, I see Adora not hiding her 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 secret as much. Like I see Adora trying to trying to prove herself. You know. Maybe because, mm. there, you know, you know, princesses are supposed to be more, you know, matters of core and that, you know, dresses and everything else. And that. Jasmine, Jasmine would be a good parallel to what I'm thinking Adora would be as raised as a natural princess. Like she's being told, you know, we have to find you a prince. We have, to, you know, you've got to, you got to take care of it. he will be your king. And she's sitting here going, well, why can't I just be the queen? Like, why do I need, you know, you know what I mean? Like she's, Mm -hmm. she, I think she's still going to be very battle ready, very proving herself that she can do anything anyone else can do. And I think that that would lead to her and Tila being more competitors. Like I see Adora being like, why'd you put Tila in charge of the Royal Guard? Can't I be in charge of the Royal Guard? And you know, I see their, I see the, the King and Queens relationship being more strained with Adora because of that. Like they're like, trying to get her to be the perfect princess, and she wants to go save her world, so or to fight Skeletor and help you know, not save her world, because we're in control on Eternia, but you know she wants to help defend her planet, and that's why she, and that's why she keeps her secret identity as She-Ra, because that allows her the, because then She-Ra pops up on the scene, everyone's like, oh yeah She-Ra, great warrior, you know, and Maybe even Teela gets along with she like She's like, yeah, this is my kind of girl. She, we can, you know. But then mm-hmm. Adora, it, you know, she's always, always being told, nope, don't go. That's too dangerous for you. Don't do that. You know, coupled with, obviously, the loss of Adam as an infant, you know, they're really going to mm-hmm. be protective of her, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the other thing I was thinking is, you know, I, I like the idea that, man-at-arms possibly in in a situation like that where i'm figuring randor is going to be ultra protective of her Mm -hmm. and he's going to have the traditionalist approach to she's the princess therefore she's in court and she should be doing that you know and he's got this whole thing of and 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 like marlena being from earth and her being an astronaut being the one going like that's not how it should work. She's still, you know, like, even right. if she's your daughter, it doesn't mean that she should only just serve these functions. Good point. I and, didn't think about that. Yep. Yeah. yeah so she so sees, then,
0: she's, she's got her, sorry, she's got her mom's stories, and she sees everything yep. Tila's doing, and then she's stuck yep. in a dress attending Duke Tiburon, yep. you know? It's like, and,
1: and, uh, and I can see it from, you know, her looking at Tila and her dad training her. Yeah. Duncan training Teela to become the the captain of the Royal Guard and everything. And I like the idea that, you know, Adora would go to Duncan eventually and and she'd ask him and him being like the king's forbiddenness. Right. Like, I, I, I can't do this. But then he'd kind of go, but I never told Teala she's not allowed to. And that's how they build their camaraderie. Like, I don't see them really having that much of a tumultuous relationship. I see it a little more... Maybe in uh, she could be like a Tila could be more aggressive because that's her nature. Mm-hmm. And she, and Adora is a little less, she's a little less aggressive, but she's capable. And then when she be- can become Shira, then it's, you know, it's like now it's on, let's do this. Cause she can do it right. in a way where it's not her as Adora being the face of the, the kingdom. And she- it's now I'm this Valkyrie like warrior. Who's able to come in on a freaking, Pegasus and kick yep. some ass. You know? And and, now,
0: but Spirit is an Etherean horse.
1: No, well, then so, she do, okay, would be if we riding, switch it, she'd have Battle Cat. I think Which, she that would be pretty I think sweet. she would have Battle Cat if she was on Eternia. <laughs> that's, she would, yeah, that's she would call, be in call. the Tar
0: Swamp. She would find Cringer. Mm hmm. I think so.
1: I like that, yeah. And then, and then, so, then shoe on the other foot here, once, thinking of okay, if with Adam, how that would work then. Uh,
0: yeah he would he would have he would have a, a beautiful white stallion named Spirit that he, <laughs> he rides in service of the horde. Yeah, Adam? and maybe I'd probably change up the armor a bit. You know, um, mm-hmm. because, because I think Battle Cat's red armor, you know, really goes with He-Man's aesthetic, mm-hmm. so gives, when Adam transforms for the first time, once, you know, Adora comes across and, and finds him and saves him, um, then Swiftwind's got this kick-ass red armor, you know, uh, probably, like, red and white, I don't know, you're the color guy, so, uh, the wings would probably be colored differently, too, you know, and I think mm-hmm. Battle Cat would have that, like a nice blue armor, kind of like Swiftwind's saddle, you know? Um, maybe even mm-hmm. the gold, like, of, of Swiftwind's horn and stuff.
1: So, yeah, change up. Interesting.
0: Change up. Nah, uh, I, 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 I'm hoping you do something with these ideas. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: somebody out there that's good at, at Photoshop or coloring or whatever. But you get where I'm going. Like, like Swift, I want He Man and She Ra in the same outfits but their steeds would kind of be more complimentary instead of just taking your She figure and putting it on Battlecat and putting your He Man figure in Swiftwind, you know what I mean?
1: Like so, Swiftwind would yeah, probably have yeah. like
0: a red saddle and you know and really that red the red armor maybe with like the yellows like Battle Cat usually has his eyes, you know, like you know, the horn still works with like a nice yellow or bronze accent maybe. I don't know. I'm just throwing mm-hmm. colors out there. My wife says I'm colorblind, so. Um,
1: <laughs> so so are they? They're getting the same swords that they always had, or are we switching the swords up in this question? Because that's something else. My mom was going to. No, no. This it's, it's still it's still Shira's
0: sword and He-Man's sword because both swords are in grayscale We just talked about that. They're both in grayscale This time, the sorceress puts a spell onto He-Man's sword. To locate Adam. And so then She-Ra's the, sword is given to her.
1: The thing about that that makes me question it, though, is the fact T-Man then and Adam are going to be doing the redemption arc that She-Ra and Adora would typically do. Right. And the whole, in you know, calling upon the incantation in the honor of Skull in order to protect people and him being over there almost makes me go... He needs the Sword of Protection this time around and she gets the Sword of Power because the other thing, too, is he is a part of the Horde and that automatically would make me, if I was She-Ra taking the Sword over there, I'd be scared to death of giving him something called the Sword of Power when he's already in the power play position, being a Horde member, then being the ruling tyrants, and they already have all that power. So she's giving him something that's giving him more power. That would make me definitely take a step back and go, Sorceress, yeah. you, you, are you, you, you're not in a bag on this one, right? Are you sure this is a good idea? You know, So I, I almost would do, she gets the sword of power in this case because of Eternia and the, the power play there with Skeletor. Because she'd be fighting Skeletor if it's swapped. Okay, He-Man would have to fight Hordak. <laughs> And, I mean, the jewel, I don't give a crap. I, the jewel could go to the power sword because it's hers then or however you want to go with it. Well, no, no. The or jewel, if he, the jewel yeah.
0: stays on the protection because that's what gives well, then, you the, the transformative capabilities. Um, so
1: then that goes to He-Man so and that he go the, to He-Man. the jewel. Okay. Yeah. And I'm
0: finally, as long, I mean, as long as we're talking filmation swords, which I assume we are. Yeah. I mean, that's, I that, think that that's should, what
1: we would be talking That should be
0: the, uh, well, I'm, I'm tangenting again. That should be the standard to me. I I don't like when the the swords don't match. I I think mm-hmm. they need to match the the, you know, that's just me, but Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that the uh, random random uh else <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: I I agree with you with what you said for this continuity we're talking about where just Adam and Adora are swapped and Adam's trying to free Etheria. Yes, the swords should switch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, if it was a dark reality, dark timeline, he would get the Sword of Power and he would end up overthrowing Hordak and ruling the Horde. Mm-hmm. And then Shira would have to stop it. More kind of like Eternity War did with King He-Man. Like he's yep. this dark despot, you know, and he. She's. She goes over there with good intentions, frees him, gives him the sword of power, and then he just takes over the planet himself. And then she's got to go put him down. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's that's the darkest timeline.
1: Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's that's what I kept thinking that whole idea because uh, you know it's like uh, the I think the other thing too, and this is something that wasn't even explored in, in Adora going over to Eternia, Yeah, but she no, no matter which version. She ends up being in the ruling class of the of the planet, if you think about it. Well, wait, she's a, the, the the tyrants ruling Etheria, she's been raised by. Mm-hmm. If she went to Eternia, she'd be in. She'd be a princess who could be, right. you know, like uh, later take the throne, mm-hmm. and and that's interesting to me on that level of either way you have this situation where. My son is in the room. Hi. Hey, oh, you're taking that? Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you're in this situation where this person does not know anything other than power. Right. And, and I think it's interesting to, to have that storyline going, like, no matter which way. Like, I almost would have let Darkest Timeline, you, you almost have Adam in this moment, like, you, either way, fate would have took me. I would have been ruling something, and that would have been like the moment where he goes where he's like, "What's stopping me now? I have the sword, and he does it, and right. that's when he kills Hordak, and it's the whole this it, this is the only word I've known. Yes, this is now my world, and then it's like I, I love that moment It'd be like Shira looking at this and just everything you see her just like losing her her mind because this went everywhere wrong that she mm. thought it was going to.
0: Yeah, Adam, and Adam, then that could Adam be the never eternity goes, war. That Adam never goes home. He never meets his parents. He just exactly
1: and yeah and yeah and and I will I'll even go you one further. It almost makes me think it could it could even verge on anti-Attorney He Man in that way yep. too. Oh yeah, the most evil man in the universe. Kind exactly, of that's
0: exactly what so. it would be. But that's darkest timeline. I don't I don't darkest prefer, timeline. <laughs> I don't prefer that. I think, but that would be a good World story.
1: It would be. I would. I would literally be on the edge of my seat reading that because right. that would be really cool. And honestly, I, so. I would.
0: I would end it with Adam controlling the universe, Adam winning, and and basically succumbing to all the darkness and becoming yeah. anti-Eternia. He man that, that would be the last panel. As everything Eternals is in waste, he controls Eternia, Etheria, and the power just completely corrupts him and turns him into that that mm-hmm. black red-haired monster. You know? Yep. As he, it would take both swords. That's what it would be. When he gets both swords, he calls upon all the power at once, and it just transforms him.
1: Yep. And, and I honestly
0: that's... wouldn't even mind that He-Man breaking into the actual timeline and getting your He-Man versus anti-attorney He-Man that way. That would be a better yes. story to me than I was multiverse say was.
1: It. I was, I was going to say, and at the end, better story than multiverse. Right.
0: So you do that whole... That would be awesome as a comic. Do that whole World story. Yeah. You know, all leading up to that. You think it's leading up to, like, it's like, oh, what if Adam and Adora are switched? And you're thinking, like, we started off with, which I like that idea, too, and I like the idea of He-Man redeeming Etheria. That's my preferred. But then it takes mm-hmm. that twist where Adam turns evil, conquers everything, and then in the regular book... Like I said, the net, like the last panel, is him like cutting open a hole or something, and you seeing like your regular Eternia through there, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. DC, DC. we're opened off. Or... Oh, <laughs> um, I'm very cheap. And, all right, uh, so, same here. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, Jason Torrance has another question here. It's uh, he asks if the Masters of the Universe movie ever gets out of development purgatory. Do you think Adam slash He Man should be portrayed by the same person or by two different people? It never made sense to me in the filmation cartoon <laughs> that, how they looked alike. <laughs> See earlier, but nobody recognized. Well, there you go. But but nobody recognized him because he put on a fur bikini. Right. that's what he says at least uh i thought 2000x did a great job of making him look similar but different uh i was thinking they could go and do some special effects similar to captain america where they added chris evans head on another actor's body what do you guys think
0: did they add evans head under another actor i thought i thought he actually
1: they they did a no, he he was built. He was built for the movie. They they went in and digitally manipulated him to make him smaller, but then they they also had
0: Okay.
1: A, he was a British actor who had the very very skinny body type. Gotcha. and they had him do parts of it as well, but from what I understand uh, um knowing about the movie, it was pretty much like Chris Evans said, I have to do all of this or I can't do any of it. Because he wanted Steve right. to be right. Steve from beginning to end, Yes. so they did a combination of using a stand-in plus digital. Gotcha.
0: I I read some article years ago that said that it was actually him that he he did all his skinny scenes and then he bulked up like it was like months apart and he before he bulked mm-hmm. up for the role he did all his skinny scenes but obviously that was incorrect um, and that makes sense for Captain America because he he physically changes so i get that um like we said he-man it's a magical transformation and he's got to go back and forth so i say two different actors is the only way you're going to get it right you need two similar looking actors one that a little younger slimmer and then you need the Dolph lundgren type to do he-man
1: I could see it going like uh, the movie that kind of um, helped me understand a little better of what could work actually was Aladdin of all movies. The, the live action one. Okay. The reason being is Will Smith is Will Smith in, in parts of that movie. Mm-hmm. But then when he's playing the big green or big blue yeah. genie, not green genie, <laughs> they bulk him up because of CGI. So there's a part of me that kept going, well, maybe they could do it where it is like, here's this, you know, like I'm picturing it almost, uh, based on what my daughter said the other week when we watched the the movie, she goes, what if Zac Efron would have been Prince Adam? And I go, God dang that actually that I could see as much as I wouldn't have never, I would have never heard Zac Efron and masters of the universe in the same sentence. But if you look at him in like High School Musical or something, you know, like a little younger than who he is now, I could have bought that as Prince Adam pretty well as a 2000X equivalent. And then you get somebody yeah. like a big guy, That's in you know, like a mm-hmm. you know, like a Chris Hemsworth or whoever you yeah. want for the He-Man. But then the other part of me is like, it would be kind of cool to have here's one person and then they're going to digitally just turn him big into He-Man because they only need those <laughs> He-Man moments. But here's my, the, the hesitation there for me is sometimes you can tell how CGI that is yeah. depending on their budget, depending on their schedule, and, and all that stuff. And I really wouldn't want He-Man to look like he's not moving like a person would or exactly. this or that. that.
0: That is my hesitation. And it works better with, like you said, the genie. Well, he's blue. Like, otherworldly yeah. colors and appearances work a lot better for CGI than actually trying to get the musculature down for, sure. you know. I mean, and the other thing to, would be the padded suit thing, which is becoming very popular. The boys did it with... Um, Homelander. Homelander, thank you.
1: Yeah, I have yeah. no idea
0: what the actor's name is, but, you know... I like, don't know his name, um, like, dude,
1: but yes, uh, Homelander.
0: Now, <laughs> he would actually be a good choice, like, looks-wise if He-Man wore armor. Because you could do that same kind of thing. You could have him take the armor off and be... Because his his regular build is pretty slender. Like, he's fit, but he's slender. But then when he puts that suit on, he's got the muscles and everything. Problem Mm -hmm. is, I want to see a traditional Barbarian He-Man, which means exposed skin. And like you said, that's the big issue. Now, if they were gonna do like uh, even snake armor, it had it had a lot of exposed. I mean, you would have you would have to fully uh, cover him, you know. Yeah. To make uh, that kind of transition work, like with practical effects, um, yeah, and that's not what I want, hope to see. I want him to see that.
1: Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Oh, I just say I want to see him I think He Man's gotta have some exposed skin. Even it's kinda like Eternity War where he had like, you know, the bare arms and the chest, but he had pants on. Like I'm good with that. But He Man mm-hmm. cannot be full suit of armor. Like then you're just no, turning no. Him into something else. So for me I, and my hesitation is the CGI actually looking like a person. So that's why I yeah. think at the end of the day it's two actors for me.
1: Yeah, I mean for me I, I was Always thinking like when when they had Noah Centennial attached for a while, yeah, there was that part of me that that's why I went to maybe they do it like the genie because yeah. he he was getting ripped, but he wasn't getting big. No. And He Man for a lot of people needs to be big, yeah. and you know like uh, that's why back in the eighties when you look at the actors that were acting at that point, Dolph Lundgren made complete sense to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. He Man. Compared to like, I wouldn't need Arnold Schwarzenegger, He Man. Yeah. I wouldn't want Sylvester Stallone. It would be that's yeah. that worked. Um, but if you if they're saying okay, Noah Centennial is playing He Man, and you see that guy, it's like then they better CGI the heck out of him to make him look like he's able to punch something and really do some damage. Um, but it, if I was casting it or whatever, I think, yeah, I would either want two different people because th- there is something about He-Man's face where I feel mm-hmm. he needs to at least look a little different than Adam yes. on top of that. It, it, like like a battle-hardened yeah. look about him and stuff. Um, and the other option that I, I always think is if they didn't go traditional with the harness, which I'm sure a lot of people, it's like, it's a harness or nothing. Yeah. But if they went battle armor, that yep. wouldn't wreck my day either because battle armor was always my. That's like okay, fine. That's my. I'll I'll work with you. Yep. Battle armor is a great look on them. You just need those arms and legs to look big. Then exactly <laughs> whatever. But you, you still know? need those. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. See. Yes. You know what? I'm not going to go to I Promise, but just release an animated movie already. Stop trying to do live action He Man. I mean, it. That, I think that's the biggest sticking point is that they keep trying to push live action. Mm-hmm. I, wa- I don't know if you've seen it, so I won't go into spoilers. But I watched Raya and the Last Dragon last night. Like, yep. You watched it. Yep. That could be a He-Man movie. I mean, it really. I mean, they're exactly. literally riding around on cats.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I
0: mean uh, when I
1: saw that part, I said the same thing. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I did the first time they came
0: riding across the the field, the sand, it was in there, the, I go, why don't they just do an animated movie? Like, look mm-hmm. at, it's not like animated movies, I mean, aren't profitable, look at Toy Story, look at Rhea, look at, I mean, all these animated movies are blockbusters, it's not even like it used mm-hmm. to be, where it's like, oh, well, that's for the kids, you know, it it makes money, but not as much as that summer blockbuster, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you can make a ton of money off it, and then you're just looking at voice talent which mm-hmm. is even better because you have so many great voice actors that you can get a better range than having to be like, well, he's got to be able to act like this and look like this, you know, and that's going to be yeah. the biggest thing. So Just, just release an animated movie already and be done
1: with it. Sure. Well, it, I honestly think Eternia and everything about this world they've created from the eighties yeah. going forward. It's like, you might as well just go there. For for the budget alone, right? The budget of creating a live action version of this, you could have already made probably two animated yeah. versions and have them be amazing instead of one that might be mediocre. That you're going to have the fandom already divided because of whoever you cast as He Man, yeah, and whoever's cast as all these other characters and too. Skeletor, and I mean, you're going to exactly you're
0: the same thing. It's either going to be CGI, which could be good, could be bad, or it's going to be practical effects, which I liked Langella's Skeletor. It worked for the time, but you've still got people who can't get past that in 87, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I know, I agree. I, it's, just, I, it, it's the way to go for me.
1: It's it's always going to be the whole... It gives credibility to have a live act. I mean, the Marvel, the Marvel movies have already proven... Doing things in live action can build a bigger audience than you ever expected. Because when I went and saw Iron Man in the theater, I was one of those guys in the theater going, I know this stuff better than most of the people here. And now it's like, boom, this explosion of all these people that know everything there is to know about the live action versions and stuff. And it brings a certain amount of credibility. But for me, I'm like, I don't really need – live action he-man because there's no guarantee that's going to make it better for me right. at this point it's more just give me something new and in, in a way where i'm excited to receive it compared to let's just rehash everything yep. so uh we got two more core i think two more hang on we got might be one more after that uh rj clark though I a- RJ. actually no there's there's two two here rj is the first one. Uh, RJ Clark is Randor truly the king of Eternia, or is it just what those in his kingdom claim? What would you, what would the other emperors, kings, dukes, etc., think of his claim? Do you think it's truly legitimate, or is there an Eternian civil war brewing?
0: No, there is no civil war brewing. <laughs> Randor, Randor is the king of Eternia. Yes, but there are many regions within Eternia, and he there are rulers of those regions as well. It's 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 a hierarchy. It's like at the end of the day, Randor takes care of not only Eternals but the entire planet. Like so, if if uh, Drizdos and Targa were having a dispute that they couldn't solve amongst themselves. They would come to Randor and he'd deliver final rule. But it's such a big area that you know, they need, but then you know, obviously something in just Drizdo's, that ruler would try and take care of it first. So it's it's, and even like in, I think we're good. But yeah, there's just, there, even in 2000X, we saw that there was more of a council of him uniting the different lands, you know and everything, and you know, 2000 X Day a little bit earlier before that, but in Filmation, definitely, I think that was already set up. So, uh, yeah, there might be from time to time a, a region that's unhappy with Randor's rule, but I think that you can also take care of that. So, no, there's not a civil war brewing, but there is a, there is a hierarchy to the whole thing.
1: I'm not going to touch that because I think you handled it well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it would be kind of cool to actually have like an attorney in civil war of uh, some other reason than just Skeletor doing something. Yeah. And that that, yeah, that that idea is interesting, but I really don't know how I'd want to see it executed
0: well, I think th- in a different way. I was I think you would see like a ruler or something like there might be a city that tries to usurp Randor. Yeah, but I don't think a full blown attorney in civil war. I don't think there's that much discontent or if yeah. there is it's something that can be solved like yes this mm-hmm. and I'm sure there wasn't filmation nothing's popping in my head but I'm sure there were some areas that were like you know we should be ruling not Randor but then maybe it's mm-hmm. a, a dispute or what but it can be solved is what I'm saying it's mm-hmm. not it's not to the point of like we are splitting off from the attorney and union like we're all yeah. in the, there might be a pocket here a pocket there maybe somebody who doesn't even have as good of relations with with the royal palace, you know, but I, I, just,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't think it's that point to where it's going to be a full out civil war. Maybe it will get there eventually, but uh, for, mm-hmm. par for the course,
1: no. All right, and then the final question, uh, Brad Withers. Welcome, he Brad. says, uh, "I know classics mythology did King He-Man." Do you guys think Adam ever eventually grows into He-Man, or in your canon, should Adam and He-Man always be separate? I remember listening to another podcast debate this, and they were angry that anyone would ever consider that Adam and He-Man would ever be anything than separate. I was getting so annoyed listening to this because I personally, even as a child, always assumed Adam would eventually become He-Man full-time, and that is who he truly is. To this day, I really don't understand why he needs to keep his secret identity. Ah, uh, so you're getting into my. <laughs> Slowly, he's getting you into the the to the levels, and then you're like, "No, this is not how it works." Hang on. Uh, to this day, I, I really don't understand why he needs to keep his identity secret. I mean, it it makes sense in an MYP because he's just a child, but as an adult, I don't get it. You can't you can't say it's because it will. It will put his loved ones in danger like normal superheroes because his loved ones are always in danger. His parents, or teal are always getting kidnapped or used for leverage against He-Man. So what is truly the benefit of him keeping his secret? And then he left another real quick thing. Sorry, it didn't let me edit my post, but it was supposed to say, I know in classics mythology they made King He-Man, but do you guys think Adam ever eventually grows into He-Man? Stupid voice text.
0: <laughs> I'll let you go first, because I think you know what I'm going to say. I know what you're
1: going to say. Because I've said I, it I guess, before. Yeah. But and I, I've, I've come to the realization that I, I don't see Adam ever being King He-Man, I think, as an adult. Because I, I think it's, it's the call to arms thing. But at the end of the day, he, he always wants to become Adam again. He does not need to be he-man full-time the only full-time he-man would be the savage mini comic he-man to me and there's no adam there and also there's no like he would become the king of castle grayskull and and all that he-man's
0: not even he-man there like that's to me that's like a whole different
1: he-man but that's it, I, no, 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 and, and but that's why I'm saying yeah. that would be the version I could accept as saying he's King He Man eventually, and he's on the throne of Castle Grayskull. But I always see it with how filmation grounded it with family. It yeah. would always eventually just be Adam would become King Adam, and he would maybe turn into He Man as needed. But then it would maybe be a difference. I don't think he'd do the secret identity. Maybe then. In, in like a whole like once he becomes a king, it would be if you it's it's the whole idea of, you know, I'm I am a peaceful king. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go to war with me, I have the power. It, right. And it's like that would be his line in the sand moment there. And the, I've come to terms with that just in the last couple of years. I'm like, oh, my God, it really wouldn't be King he It would be Adam being king. And he would just call upon He-Man when needed, you know? And that'd be the end of it. Yeah. Well, number one, Brad,
0: I can say whatever I want. Because my <laughs> show, dig it. But no, seriously, Brad, good good question. Um, yeah. But you're, you're also running a gamut of things here. So you're talking about when he's king, but you're also talking about the need to keep a secret identity. And I, like Sean said... Those are two ends of the story to me. Um, So, yes, technically, he's an adult. He's about 20, 21, you know, early 20s in the Filmation series. You know, leading out at at NYP. Just talking about Filmation, he's early 20s. Yeah, technically, that's an adult. But, that I mean, we all remember what we were like at 21, 22. Like, did we really act like adults? Do we act like adults now? I mean, the secret identity absolutely to protect the loved ones no it's not but you know you say well they're getting kidnapped and threatened all the time anyways you know because they're royals well spider-man keeps his identity protect protect his loved ones and somehow aunt may and mary jane are still always winding up in you know perilous situations like that's that's just the the genre like whoever's close to you is going to get into trouble You know, even if the villains don't even realize who they are, they find a way to get to get sucked into the issues. So that's that's just a genre type of thing. But if they if they legitimately knew like the king was He Man's dad, like well I'm just gonna kill him then. Like they're using Mm yes, they're using the king as leverage because He Man is sworn to uphold the the goodness of Eternian to defend the royal family, but Skeletor, if he knew that he could deal that psychological blow of killing his father, he wouldn't hesitate. Forget the leverage, I'm going to break him, you know? Mm -hmm. So he, he does it, yes, there is an aspect to protect his loved ones, but I've said it before, that's not even the biggest thing. The biggest thing is he needs that time to be Adam. You know, Eternity War, I'm telling you guys, read Eternity War. It really dove into this kind of stuff of what happens. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. If you're just going to stay powered up the whole time, you are going to go down some dark paths. It leads back to that darkest timeline we discussed. To me, that's where it is. You've got to keep your humanity, and Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is, is who is He-Man? Who is Superman? You know, is Superman Kal-El? Or is he Clark Kent? To me, at his core, he's Clark Kent. You know, and that's what dictates his decisions. That goes all the way back to the beginning of this episode. You know, then that's what he's always missing now. Mm -hmm. He-Man at his heart is Adam. Now, depending on where he gets the sword in the timeline, he grew up as Adam. He got the sword at 16, 18, 21, whatever, and became He-Man... But insi- and he plays that part, he plays the warrior, but inside he is Adam. How his dad raised him, how man in arms trained him, all that is what comes mm-hmm. out. Yes, he hides it as Adam. He's playing the part as Adam. But the true Adam is at his core, and I mean and you say, you know, why do we need to keep him separate? We don't. Because he man is Adam. That is the true Adam is He Man. How he acts, how he thinks, how he talks. That's Adam. He keeps up the charade of the carefree Prince Adam to keep that identity. And yes, at the end of the day, his secret will come out. When he is king, people will know that he's He-Man. And he will change into He-Man still when the time comes, when he's needed, when they're going to war. I 100% agree with that. But that's down the road. But he still will not be King He-Man. He is, and always will be, King Adam. Adam is the rightful heir to Eternia. Adam is the heart and soul of He-Man. That's who he is. It's not about keeping them separate. It's embracing that He-Man and Adam are one and the same. And all the best qualities of both are what is Adam. Adam can still be that carefree, goofy make Tila laugh, you know, have some fun. And when the time comes, he is that battle hardened warrior that makes the right decisions and is willing to put his life on his line for his people. That's both Adam. And that's the, that's the key. And that's what classic, that's what classics messed up for me because they acted like you're saying here, like, Oh yeah. He, he finally became he man permanently. And it's like, no, that's
1: not who he is. This is even why New Adventures, it was weird yeah. for me, based on that concept in some ways. Uh, here, here's the thing. I've, I've said this a couple times in different places uh, with, with fans and with uh, people that love Masters, but part of the line that is weird to me is when you start off In the beginning of the line, 1982, 1983, pre-filmation, you see He-Man on the shelf. You see him on the pegs. And he's the guy that this whole thing, him and Skeletor, it's that everything revolves around them. And when I was a kid, the minute that they did the transformation sequence on the show, had me completely confused. Because yes, they did do it previously with the LP, which has the greatest theme song known to man. No way, shape, or form that that is not the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But um, what it did, though, in uh, this really weird way, is it minimized He Man to me then, because now He Man is only relegated to being an answer versus being his own character which is, I think, why he feels, why yeah. Brad feels that way. And I felt that way plenty of times since filmmation because I have not been the biggest fan of magic in storytelling because it always was this de- deus ex machina thing that yeah. usually, well, how did it happen? Magic did it. Boom. Right. And, it, you know, it's like, as it, somebody who was not the biggest fan of that and then to go, so wait a minute, one of my absolute favorite characters is actually a magical construct that sucks because <laughs> that is magic did it. And it bugged me when I think Cal filmation does it. And granted what I want to change any moment on that show where you hear the theme kicking in and you hear John Irwin say, by the power of grace, well, no, because it was, it was a huge part of why this is still resonating to people that moment. Right. But it really, to me, does take something away from just the character He-Man because you know deep down that's not really a character that is a facade of magic that Adam uses in order to save the day, accomplish whatever mission goal, or help help anybody in danger. And it's like that kind of, it diminished him in a certain way, and that's kind of why my favorite still is the Savage version because it's at least... He's a character. He's his own person. And also that version of him would not give a crap about having a throne. That version of him is just, let me get out there and just fight things that are doing bad things to other people, you know? And I like that version as a kid because I wasn't the strongest kid. Mm. So having somebody out there who was like, I got your back. These guys giving you trouble. I got this. And he'd come in and be that guy. Um, and I think in Brad's case, and probably RJ, because I know RJ and I really yeah. are eye to eye on a lot of what we love about Masters. And and it is like that, That I think was definitely, that and Orco for me were definitely two of the things that made me go, I'm not a, completely on board with how Filmation is doing this, although Filmation did it and that's their take. And now everybody has that as this is the the pop culture version of it. But then, you know, like, part of why I can embrace the movie is we don't have to think about Adam being in the picture. He's just He-Man full-time. Let's watch him go into battle now. Let's see what happens. So I I can (laughs) see why he feels that way completely. Me being who I am, I get it. Yeah. And I'm still not a fan of the the incantation turning him into a magical construct to do what he does. But at the end of the day, there's also, like, a I kind of – I also will give – I'll give credence to, yeah – it does work to have Adam in the play too, because that's his heart and that's his soul. You know, I, I but.
0: completely agree with where all you guys are coming from, and I I, I get what you're saying, but the, you hit on the key right there. So if you view He Man and Adam as two separate characters, that's where the issue is. To me, I like I said, I don't. They are Adam and He Man are the same guy. It just mm-hmm. what personality, what parts of his personality. He's allowed to show and allowed to do, you know that. I think that's the big disconnect, and I, and it occurs with the those guys who. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, downgrading the opinion or anything or dissing you guys for thinking that way. I, I get it. Well, all you guys that knew the Savage storyline first, I completely understand why it would appear that way. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that's the big thing. If you stop viewing Adam and He Man as separate characters, I think that. That's what strengthens it and I think that's what you've discovered the past couple of
1: years so. exactly and and one quick follow up to that is I for me that's why uh, an episode like power of grace skull myp it resonated more because here we have this it, like I said, he's a magical construct, but when you see this is the person that started the ball rolling for Adam to actually call upon that power and become who right. he becomes. I don't care what the argument is about how he got the power and all, because that I, I still say, yes, I can see the arguments of why that didn't work for the people that didn't like King Grayskull. But having there be a source to start the ball rolling for him to become this and the look that he has and adapting that look from Grayskull and becoming He Man, okay. Right. You know, like so. In, in that way, it was. It was. I could actually accept that for the first time in twenty years when I finally saw that episode. I like it. So,
0: yeah. Great questions. Great
1: questions all around. Yeah, thank you. I, I'll put my ugly I... mug out there more if that's what happens here, because that was great. <laughs> and so,
0: I've got a question for you.
1: Uh oh. From my wife.
0: <laughs> uh oh. And we. Are gonna hop over to Patreon to talk about it. So, guys, oh. <laughs> if you want to know what the question posed by my wife was, then you gotta jump over to Patreon. So we'll see you over there. Links down below. I'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute here as we wrap up. But check us out over there. I appreciate the support. All right. Did I lose Sean? No, he's just is nope, really still. Okay. Yes. All right. So that was all the questions. Yeah. All right. Anything you got to wrap us up with?
1: Oh, I've said tons. We uh, have. I just thank... Saying...
0: All over the place.
1: <laughs> thank you to uh, thank you to everybody on Facebook that uh, threw questions out to us. And don't be afraid if you have questions and comments next time. Uh, we also have the Gmail address. Yep. What is it? I know Matt knows it by... Is it... Uh... L-O-G-85 oh. or is it L-O-G-podcast 85? Oh, dis- Was I right? No. Uh, uh,
0: Logpod 85 at gmail.com L-O-G-P-O-D 85 at gmail.com I'll get it eventually.
1: But, but yes, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, feel free to get to us there if you Absolutely. are not on Facebook.
0: Alright guys, now's the time. I'm asking for your help here. All those buttons down below, no matter what format you're on. I'm going to talk about YouTube because that's where our video goes. But like, share, subscribe, ring that bell so you're notified when we go live. Uh, we're going to be doing some more of that real soon here. We got some fun stuff cooked up. Um, even if you're on Podbean, hit that. I think they got a hard iTunes probably has something stupid that you can click down there to let you know that we like them. It's probably like an asterisk. Stars, Yeah, stars. Give us stars. (laughs) Give us all the stars. (laughs) Write a review. We haven't had a review in a while now, have we?
1: We have it on on iTunes, but we did get another rating, and we're still at 4.5. And we'll have, uh, I want to say it was seven ratings. One was a one, and everything else has been fives. We'd still like to hear from you, Mr. One Star. Yeah, what is that? What, Maybe they thought one that? was the best. Like You're number, number one. one. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but yeah, give us some stars. Write us a review. Sean will read it on the show because I don't go anywhere near iTunes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, we just like our, your help beating the algorithm, getting out there to more people. Everyone's been amazingly supportive. Um, so do all that. Drop us a comment down below. Drop us an email. Go check out our Patreon. We are all set up. We're about to record our first content for it. There's going to be a lot more coming. We're going to get a lot... If you like our sidetracks, you're going to want to be a Patreon member. Because that's where mm-hmm. we're going to talk Man of Steel. That's where we're going to talk Justice League. That We're trying to keep the main channel here as He-Man as possible. We'll still jump off once in a while. Um, yep. But really, Patreon's where we're really going to open up and talk about anything under the umbrella of stuff that we like. So check us out over there for as little as a dollar a month, you get all that bonus episodes and content. If There's also a $5 and a $10 tier, which opens up a lot more stuff. Um, you'll be eligible for giveaways only for Patreon members. You'll be able to suggest topics. Um, I got some exclusive merch just for Patreon members. Um, again, we're just trying to help kind of offset the cost of running the show upgrading to better mm-hmm. equipment and putting together a better show for all of you, it means mean a lot to us uh, if you follow that link pledge as much as you can you'll get a shout out at the end of every episode as well and uh, we really appreciate it don't worry guys if, if, there, if there's nothing you can do you don't want to, that's fine the regular show will still be available on YouTube uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean iTunes, all that we will mm-hmm. not change what we're doing Based on that, it's just a way to try and supplement and uh, offset the cost. So, to do all that. We thank you for listening. And until next time,
1: until next time. Oh, come on. All right. Oh, bear.
0: Oh.